Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles Misfits at the Recycle Garage in a very rainy Santa Cruz, California. We're here in the garage doing some post-show editing for tonight's One Moto Show Edition podcast. Joining me in the garage for the night are Jim, Knock, and Bosley. Say hello, everybody. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. Something dong. So what's the One Moto Show? Well, Jim and I recently had an opportunity to meet Knock up in Portland, Oregon, put on by the CC Motor Coffee Company. Uh, For those of you who are not familiar with the One Moto Show, it's a three-day show blending motorcycles, art, and culture, and racing in a way only Portland can. Yeah, so it's a unique show, and that it's just not only bikes, but there's also a tapestry of great people, Portlandians. There are bands playing music, and of course people were selling their wares, people getting haircuts. It It was a pretty neat show. There was also a great after party at a titty bar. We played some pool there, that was a lot of fun. And uh, the art was incredible. There was art from all over the place. There was uh, we there was a story about you'll hear from Tor about uh, a, a young lady requested she get a motorcycle helmet that she painted in the show, and they're like, "Sure, we'll just throw it in there." And I we, I ran across it. It was pretty cool. Right on. Yeah, it was really cool. There were a lot of fun people to talk to. We got some good interviews. We were able to talk to Tor, brains behind the thing, and. A super chill dude, so it was fun talking with him. Uh, we got to hang out with Matt Harris, 40 Cal Customs. Yeah. Yep, who not only raced, but actually took best in show. That guy has a majestic beard, that guy. He does. Yeah, <laughs> he was all about the beard oil. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, then we actually ran into some uh, podcast listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a guy came up to me. I had my badge hanging, and he's like, hey, you're Knock. And I go, yeah, I'm Knock. He's like, yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, okay. We're here now. Now what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, you, you owe me twenty bucks. No. Yeah, right. I, 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 I'm sorry, but I forgot his name. But uh, it, he, he's the guy who wanted that XR. He want, I think, uh-huh. yeah. We converted him into a cool. Cult. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, some podcast listeners, and we made some new friends. Yeah. Yeah. I met up with Jeremiah too. He hit up uh, Recycle on Facebook while we were up there, and I responded. And he, I was like, hey, I'm out getting a, a burger right now. Come say hi. And I have my jacket on, and he came up, and we talked, and I got Bad. an interview with him. So you're gonna hear that too. Cool. All right. Yeah, and they had some fun, the electric uh, hooligan mini bike races. Yeah, that was stupid. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Which is why Doug entered and raced. Did you actually do that? I did actually do it, yeah. That's fucking I, I'm rad, I'm 6'1", dude. and this thing is like 18 <laughs> inches off the ground, so I, I couldn't even stay on the damn thing. Yeah. Did you win it? No. No. <laughs> second. I, I got, second. No, I got third. Oh, that's good. The, you, only because the guy in front of me dumped. Did you take out any plywood? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I did actually have control of the thing, but it was just, oh. it was, yeah, it was that's just ridiculous, stupid that's fun. Funny. How, much you, like, well, how much was the entry for it? Like five bucks or something? No, no entry fee. Oh, no shit. No, okay, you just cool. get on it and go. Yeah, raise your hand. There you go. Yeah, yeah. 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 But it was yeah. cool. There was music. Um, then we talked about the vendors. So we talked to some vendors. So yeah, it was pretty uh, pretty cool time. Funny. All right, so me and Doug are here. We're in Portland. Um, we flew up this morning, braving mudslides. They actually closed the road after we went through because they felt it was too hazardous to even work on it. When we went past the mudslide today on 17, it was odd because we noticed there was no construction equipment, excavators and cats and things like that up on the hillside. Like, oh, that's weird because it wasn't raining and the weather was all right. So we go past, we notice they're sending cars off, uh, coming the other direction into the hills. We're like, oh, what's up with that? Whatever. Come to find out, 
that they closed 17 because it was unstable. So anyway, started the day like that, got to the airport. Doug rocked us through the uh, check-in, easy peasy. Next thing you know, we're in the air. A couple of Bloody Marys later, we're on the ground and find ourselves at Hotel Jupiter in Portland. Doug, how you like the hotel? Doug, he thinks it's great. <laughs> so, um, yeah, at the hotel, and then we um, were here briefly, hopped in the car, rallied over to the one show, and it was really cool. So, kind of on the other side of town. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so much freaking fun so far. It's been stupid so fun. Much fun. There's so much to report on. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah. So, yeah, so we got to the show, um, went up with our media presence. We spoke with the organizers and uh, have a few interviews lined up for the future, and there's lots of cool bikes and, yeah. and some racing to attend to. It's cool. And the, uh, the, the thing when you notice when you go in, it's a very industrial area part of town, but you go through, and we were able to go in a little bit early um, before it opened up to the general public, and it's a warehouse space that when you go into, just continues to open up, and it got bigger and bigger, right? What was your impression when you walked in? My impression was when, jeez, oh, when I used to go raving in the 90s, we used to go to warehouse parties, and man, just like this warehouse today, you would walk through the alleyway and there would be shit sticking up bolts and stuff that they had spray painted orange to, to caution the pedestrian to not trip over it. Man, it was just like the stuff we used to go party in in the 90s. Um, that being said, great venue. It was cold, but there was a lot of bodies in there. It was a lot of people. And uh, the, the place was supposed to close down at like 9 or 10. We left at about 10, and there was still... Uh, a 300 foot line trying to get in yeah that no exaggeration it was surprisingly long like you know when we first got in it was it wasn't empty but there were a few people in there and then by the time we left it was what you would imagine it right there was people and you were kind of hey what's up bumping into people but it was a cool scene and uh yeah we left and we thought it was kind of shutting yeah. down and the the schedule on paper are more like guidelines yeah which is awesome about the whole yeah. event. So as soon as we got there, uh, the people were super welcoming. Uh, we met Tori, um, one of the, you know, Tori's wife, uh, the you know, people that started the whole thing, mm -hmm. and, and talked to her and some of her friends and family, and they could not be nicer. Yeah, very cool people, very welcoming, uh, very uh, uh, willing to give information and history about the whole thing, and... and uh, it felt like they were immediate friends and um, just really cool. It didn't feel like it didn't feel like this was the type of event to take the money out of your pocket. This was uh, yeah, sure. There's vendors there and they're there to make money, but this is not what the show is about. The show is about organizing a group of people to showcase what their brains have been doing for the past year, two years, or five years, or fifteen years, whatever have you. And some of the bikes even there are, are, are original, untouched, for the last 70 years, 60 years. So uh, it really gives a wide variety of, like, last-made custom or last-year-made custom bikes versus, you know, 70-year-old bikes that haven't been touched since they've been found in a barn. So very, very diverse show. Uh, 
10 out of 10. <laughs> We're having a good time if you can't tell. And the other thing that Doug alluded to earlier, too, is there's this nice vein of flat track racing that seems to kind of vibe through the whole place. You know what I thought was rad is when we um, hooked up with Matt Harris, 40 Cal Custom, shout out. Um, Matt is just as cool as he was to talk uh, over Skype. He's a hundred times cooler to me than person. So real down to earth, super genuine, and definitely knows his motorcycles. But as we walked around, you know, we, I wanted to start like with his bike, and he's like, "That's cool because it's at the very end," which is a bit of a maze, which is cool because you go by cool shit all the time. So we end up down at Matt's bike, and um, so there he has his twenty three Harley, and. But one, two bikes over, he has his Harley flat track he's going to race on Sunday. So it's like, that's pretty cool. He's like, yeah, I'm going to pull the wheels off this thing and pull the engine out, put it in my 55, and then we're going to go racing. And I was like, does this thing even run? <laughs> sure enough, it runs. Yeah, it runs. So, yeah, so, and then the night got better. We went out, had some good food with some good company. Um Drank more beer, more Pabst Blue Ribbon. Actually, you were drinking IPAs. Well IPAs, done. IPAs, yeah. There was also some uh, mules. What do you call them? Mule, mule kickers? Yeah, we were drinking uh, I don't know, bourbon bourbon nut punches. I don't know what they're... <laughs> but we also handed... Uh, <laughs> I'll have that and a whiskey sour. Please. But uh, shout out to Max. We ran into Max and his um, wonderful girlfriend, V, at the show. They came down from Canada and uh, just awesome... Great motorcycle community people to run into. So we may hook up with them tomorrow. I'm sure we will. Maybe at breakfast maybe at the yeah, show. It's going to be a big, busy day tomorrow. Yeah. So anyway, we're gonna, we'll are gonna we check out and uh, we'll check in later. All right? Peace. All right. So Naked Jim back here at the One Motorcycle Show. Uh, we're upstairs in this big old warehouse. It's awesome. I'm here with our good friend Matt Harris with 40 Cal Customs, and we're checking out the show and checking out his bike. So Matt, good to see you. Yes, yeah, as same always. Here. Yeah. So I know that the people listening at home can't see, but why don't you describe what we're standing in front of now? Man, we're standing next to our hooligan bike. It's a uh, '95 Sporty we picked up from Smoky Mountain Harley Davidson, and uh, just a little custom tail section, uh, running 19-inch wheels, front and rear. Um, got a cool wrap put on from the guys from Blue Sea Advertising, and uh, got it all set up, looking pretty today. And then uh, tomorrow we'll go get it dirty. Right on. So, yeah. yeah. Are you looking forward to the races tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. Really looking forward to the race tomorrow. And first time we get to come out and mix it up with some of these West Coast guys on the flat track. So we'll get out and go for broke. Right on. We're excited about it too. So what were some of the, the other modifications you did to this bike? Man, the the, the, the thing, biggest thing that we did to this bike, uh, we punched the 883 out to 1200. And then uh, put an 883 iron forks on the front end just to get the front end down a little. Then we got these brand spanking new gas charge Fox shocks from Fox Racing on the rear. Nice. First set out the door, so we're going to be the, the test dummies tomorrow and try them out. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, that's yep. cool. Yeah, because I know Fox has a presence here with some other bikes too. So Yeah, Fox is coming on strong in the suspension game when the V-Twin market, so they're really doing it right. They've already tested. This is their new shock, the, the brand new after several weeks of testing on different versions so this is what they come up with and uh, sent them out and said you guys are the first one so go try them out and let us know how they work that's really cool so we're yeah. looking forward to watching that what do you think is going to be the tough part about racing tomorrow when you uh what, what do you, what do you what's going to be hard for you do you think i think the, the the hardest part is going to be brand new track very little practice time very little setup time 
riding with a bunch of guys that you've never ridden with before, so you've got to try to learn everyone's kind of uh, clicks and how they ride and, and what they do. So it's going to be a little sketchy. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun. It's definitely funky. Um, you know, it's, I was talking to someone earlier, and they talked about this seems like a real Portland kind of a scene. You know, what was your impression when you came into the show? To, uh, well, actually, you guys did the load-in the other day. Yeah. But what was your first impression of the show when you showed up and saw the space and the building and the other guys and gals? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's a very much a Portland scene. It's my first time being to Portland, but, you know, I've seen it and read about it. And, uh, you know, Portland is, is definitely true to its, its heritage, that, that industrial, gritty sort of background, uh, being here on the river and, and the, the, the manufacturing, the... the still forging and that sort of heritage in this area and i think the the scene is definitely a perfect backdrop for to represent the the local the local heritage that they have here and that they're very proud of that's like that's a pretty good observation i agree with that and uh, definitely comes out in the bikes and the bikes people are riding yeah, yeah. But also the whole mindset you know they're out here having a good old time and having yeah. fun yeah just uh, having a good time and enjoying bikes and enjoying good people Right, so any bikes at the show that you've been checking out, anything kind of catching your eye or gets your attention? Man, there's, there's so many bikes here at the show. I really haven't got to look at everything yet. It's like it takes you an hour just to go a short little distance to see some of the, just a handful of bikes. But I tell you, the, the diversity of the bikes that are here, there's all different makes and models from all different kinds of walks of life. Anything from race bikes to choppers to customs to you name it, it's here. The weird bikes that... You know, who knows where they came from, but, you know, one thing that you really kind of see is the attention to craftsmanship and detail that guys have put into the bikes. You know, no matter what kind of style it is, guys have put a lot of their own heart and soul into some of these bikes, and that's pretty incredible to see. I agree, man. Very well said. So I tell you what, so we're checking out this bike. I, I just love the fact you got the bike you're going to race tomorrow is up here in the show. <laughs> right. I think it's great. So I tell you what, this but this is not the only bike that you've got going in the show. Right, today. right. So I tell you what, why don't we take go a couple of steps over and uh, we'll check out the other one. Let's do it. So we just checked out his race bike. This looks fucking tough. Even the color scheme looks good. I like the purple. Is that a purple oil filter? I see. It is. That's a royal purple oil filter. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. Um, so, but we're at we're here at his other bike. So instead of me, Matt, why don't you go ahead and just describe what you started with? Um, and then what we see in front of us. Okay, yeah, so this is our 1923 Harley JD. We built it last year. We started with just the engine, basically just the engine cases, really, that's all we had. And uh, we built a bike and we picked the year 1923 because we teamed up with Red Cap Workwear to go race at Bonneville last year. And their company was founded in 1923. So kind of on a whim and a conversation, I was like, hey, that'd be really cool to build a 1923 model bike to race. Well, I didn't know how much uh, I'd bit off when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like, I saw the last yeah. one. How hard can yeah, it be? Yeah, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it started with, with the 23JD engine, and we de-stroked it to 1,000 cc's. The JD is typically 74 cubic inches. We de-stroked it uh, so we could run in a different class. All right. We've how much horsepower is this putting out? These engines made about 9 horsepower from the factory. We're bumping around 15, 16 horse. We've got aftermarket cylinders from JD Cylinders from Australia. We've got a custom grind cam that's top secret. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're actually running knucklehead pistons uh, in the engine. Matt Walksler from Matt Period Modified built the engine, and he builds a lot of hot rod race JD engines. So he knows his stuff, and he knows what's going on. Right. So this engine actually is pretty hot. It does super well. We're backed by the factory 1923 Harley three-speed transmission. 
believe it or not, it still has a 1923 model clutch in it. No it's kidding. a factory Harley clutch. Right so it just goes to show the durability that these things were built back in the day. So that's the drive line. After that, we handmade all the chassis. We made it in-house, sort of trying to be reminiscent of the era. Right. So a handmade chassis, all aluminum tins. Most fuel tanks are aluminum. The seat and tail section aluminum. We made this body kit because we, we wanted to run in, in a class called vintage gas parcel streamline. So to be parcel streamline, you had to have some sort of fairing and body to divert the wind. Got it. And okay. it also looks really cool the way we riveted together. And then we paint all the sponsors on. Everything on this bike is hand-painted with a brush. There's wow. no stickers, no stencil, any of that sort of deal. So we got the guys from Red Cap on here, the guys from Blue Sea, and the guys from Bell Ray all that helped us out to get out to Bonneville because it's a huge undertaking just to get out there. So and it, pretty and cool the, deal. the bike is awesome. Everywhere you look at this thing, you look at the, the attention to detail like Matt was referencing earlier. And, and the fact it's all home done, but I, you, know, you look at the detail, just the way the seat shape and the way that works. The lines on the gas tanks, the front fairing and everything, it really just works. And I love the drop-down handlebars. Yeah, we drop the bars down. You, you lay down and put your chin on the backbone and tuck in behind the nacelle and pull your elbows in real tight and squeeze with your legs. <laughs> <laughs> so how fast did you get this bad boy going down to Bonneville? You know, a lot of people kind of throw off on you whenever you say, you know, we took this bike out to Bonneville and we, we ran 87 miles an hour. But this bike from the factory ran 48 miles an hour. So right. we, we nearly doubled the speed. That's awesome. So that, that and I'm sure that 87 miles an hour felt plenty fast. 87 on this feels a little different. Yeah, it's like riding a bicycle at almost 90 miles an hour. Now, do you think you can squeeze a little bit more out of this thing? Or I are think you so. Take it back? I, I think so. You, you know, I think we could squeeze out. I think we could get to a hundo on it. You know, knowing now what we know and, and learning. But when we get this bike back from the one show, I've got about three and a half weeks. I'm going to pull the engine off. We build another chassis. And we're going to shove that engine into our, our board track chassis and run in Billy Lane's Sons of Speed race in Daytona. This same engine? This same engine. And so take it out of that bike, throw it back in here, and go down the bottom. We'll see what happens. Who knows? We're, we're going to get to Daytona, and that bike's set up just true board track style, so there's no gearbox. There's, right. There's no, no brakes. brakes no, no gearbox. Yeah, no nothing. So it's just an engine. We're going to run these wheels and tires. So the big 30-inch uh, Coker Firestone Slicks and... Uh, a super small, tight chassis. The thing's only two inches off the ground. Oh, wow. So all rigid. And shove this big old motor in and see how fast we can go down there. That'll be a blast. Are you going to run it just like it's set up now, or are you going to do any mods before you throw it in the other I bike? think we might do some mods. I think we're going to pull the pull the cylinders. When we ran at Bonneville, you couldn't modify the cylinders. Okay. But for, for Billy's race, nobody cares. So we're going to pull the cylinders and port and polish the heads and probably put a modern carb on we got to run with some guys running overhead valve stuff. It's all pre-1925, but there's some Indian Power Plus, some, right. some Max, so there's some hot rods in it. Well, it's going to be just as competitive as it was back then between the Oh, Hardys yeah, and the, just and as competitive Indians, right? and just as dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it wasn't dangerous, it wouldn't be fun. Yeah. Cool. So anything else at the show you're thinking about checking out? or? Man, I, I tell gonna... you, I, I just want to make my rounds and check out some of these cool bikes and some of these cool race bikes. But also, there's a lot of really cool artwork hanging on the walls from all different walks of life so it's pretty cool to to walk around and, and see those sort of things yeah i'm glad you said that because that you we're focused on the motorcycles but there's the artwork everywhere they got yeah. uh, music playing they've got great vendors downstairs yeah you know? yeah, yeah it's a lot of cool stuff going on yeah wicked cool all right guys so uh well matt hey thanks again thank we you appreciate you taking the time and can't wait to uh to watch the race tomorrow man we'll be rooting right. for you right on thanks. we'll be the one throwing past the ribbon, ribbon <laughs> <at you> for <laughs> that guy <laughs> all right cool <laughs> 
Why don't we take a minute and hear from Duran Morley, who, uh, whose father, Eric Morley, got us up here. Thank you very much. Uh, Shout out Blue Sea Advertising. <laughs> Duran got a bike in this show. We're going to hear about this now. Well, Duran snuck a bike in the, in the show. He snuck a bike in the show. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, this is going to release after the show. So. That's awesome. All right, Douglas here, reporting from One Motorcycle Show, representing Motorcycles and Misfits. We have Duran Morley here. Uh, Duran and Eric Morley were on our podcast uh, maybe six months ago. Um, Duran has got a bike entered. Uh, before we get to the bike, we're just going to ask you a couple questions. Uh, where are you from? I'm from Southern California. Southern California, okay. And how long have you been building bikes? Uh, about eight years. And how old so, are you? I'm 16. 16, so building bikes since eight years old. Very cool. And... Uh, what do we have here? Uh, this is a Sierra frame modified with a bunch of different pieces from different bikes and with a KX250 two-stroke engine mushed in it. Repeat that again, KX250? KX250 two-stroke. Two-stroke engine. And how much does this bike weigh about? Um, just enough to get around the track. Yeah, so the power-to-weight ratio is through the roof. So um, where did you pick this thing up? Uh, I got the engine from a wrecked bike, super cheap off Craigslist, uh-huh. then everything else was either free from Craigslist that somebody was throwing away or just excess parts I had from different builds. And so uh, the gas tank, interestingly, is the seat. Yeah, correct. And you fabbed this up? Yep, fabbed up during Very three cool. days after Where did you work. get the inspiration for that? Um, there's no place and no actual gas tank I could find that fit where a regular gas tank uh-huh. was and add this perfect seat laying around, I was, might as well. Very cool. And uh, where did you build this? I built this in my garage on a pile of other parts and bikes I'm building right now, so it's pretty uh, cramped in there, but built it after work and school in three days. And then on the way up here, I finished it in the back of our van. In the back of the Sprinter. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that is cool. So what, what kind of stuff were you doing in the back of the van on the way up here? Um, Installing the radiator, grinding some stuff, cutting some metal out for brackets, just uh, usual. And the radiator is from, that's not, that's got to be um, from the KX? Yeah, it's from some different dirt bike of some sort. Cool. And so, have you ridden this bike yet? Uh, no, I haven't. You haven't. Are you itching to? <laughs> yeah, I'm itching to. <laughs> Definitely. That's a lot of be power for this yeah. little thing, man. For sure. All right, uh, that should about do it. Thanks for coming, and uh, oh, let's let's touch on uh, how you got entered in this. Um, in this yeah, <laughs> in well, this show. you know, we're bringing up some bikes to enter in the show and bring them to the garage, and figured how it was pretty easy to get in. So I ran to the van really quick, did a few things, touched it up, plugged in the radiator, made it look like a complete bike, and just rolled it in the show and right haven't got bothered right since. in front of everybody. Yeah, everybody started taking pictures. That's yeah. cool, man. Well, thanks for uh, the interview, and uh, we're going to move on to some other bikes. Yeah, sweet. Thank you. Thanks. Hey there. Naked Jim here, still at the One Motorcycle Show here in Portland, Oregon, and the day just keeps getting better. Uh, Like I said, we got here last night, and the fun began, and it just has ramped up all day today. So uh, right now we're hanging out with Tor. Clothed Tor. What's that? Clothed tour. <laughs> Clothed tour. Thank you. No. Uh, the founder and the the brains behind the whole one motorcycle show that's been going on for about eight years now. So 
it's a cool event, but instead of me trying to describe it, um, I think I'll let Tor describe it. So Tor, for the people that aren't familiar with the One Motorcycle Show, you know, what's it all about? Uh, just sort of a hobby gone wild. Um, basically, you know, eight years ago, I was uh, doing some interning at an advertising agency and um, was kind of pretty sick of advertising. I'm not that kind of person, really. So uh, in my spare time, I was doing um, some construction building of a trade show booth, and we had rented a huge warehouse to build the trade show booth and uh so after i sent it out i had this giant warehouse for um the remainder of the month and sort of simultaneously using my advertising uh whatever you would call it experience uh i started thinking of this thing that uh, we could put together you know it was a, a different show kind of focused on more um kind of really what we all want instead of what people think we want you know it's like uh the idea really kind of came together um kicking tires right so that's that's kind of what we modeled it after it's like just hanging out in a rad space and looking at cool things and and hanging out with your friends and kind of having an experience and then you know what we do behind the curtain is kind of like what makes it special um, all the little details and, and lighting and, you know, space curation and bikes that show up and, and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, the idea and the name, uh, <laughs> it's always a bit embarrassing explaining it, but, uh, came from the Plato, the oneness, right? His theory on, uh, how something can be perfect, uh, in its idea, but yet, when it comes out it always isn't um but you keep trying and you eventually uh you know get close enough i guess but uh we translated that to motorcycles it's kind of like uh what our mantra is is you, you know one day you buy a motorcycle uh the one that you like and looks good to you or whatever suits your needs and then you ride it and decide that you need another one that's going to suit another part of it and then you get another one and then another one and sure enough you have 10 bikes one day and then you know you're like trying to figure out how to put all those 10 bikes into one bike um so it's the idea that like you can formulate the perfect motorcycle and then a lot of people in the motorcycle industry kind of becomes like focused on one style of thing and i think it's that maybe that sentiment that kind of does it you know it's like the more experience you have the more you kind of hone it into one thing so yeah right. i don't know yeah and it's definitely an eclectic scene here and yeah uh, and, it, and it's an accessible too you see people doing all sorts of creative things but you can look at a lot of it and say you know i could do that too yeah you know so you guys started about eight years ago yeah. and, and how big of a space were you in back then um Shit, it was this old built, uh, another old building, uh, two-story. Um, it was maybe, maybe, maybe 6,000 square feet, maybe. Um, it was pretty small. We had about 60 bikes. Uh, we had a photographer shooting every single bike, and we made a book um, about that first year, um, which you can get. Um, there's actually a second book for the second year and a third book for the third year and a fourth book for the fourth year. Uh, so that's another part of the show is that uh, we document 
uh, each build that's been part of the show. Um, part of what I set out to do, you know, s stupidly or whatever you would call it, um, was to do 10 years because uh, I think that kind of is a chunk of history if you were to set out to do something. And uh, when you're talking about what you'll see at the show or people that go to the show, um, one really thing, one cool thing that uh, sort of happened this year more than I've noticed in other years is that people who have come to the first, second, and third show that weren't bike builders, weren't involved in the moto scene at all, have now tried to build their own bikes and you know, come out with cool things that you can see bits and parts of different bikes from other shows and styles from other people. And, uh, that's pretty interesting to me. And there's, you know, there's another, uh, probably 10 year old girl that painted a helmet that wanted it in the show and submitted it through Instagram. And we're like, Hey, I mean, that's what we want. You know, we want, we want what we like to continue to, uh, flow through the veins of people that we come to the show. Cause when I get old, I want to go to this and <laughs> somebody else to have to run it. It's funny you say that when uh, Doug and I were just hanging out at the entrance there and I'm looking around and I commented, I said, this bike scene is alive and well in Portland. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of young people, a ton of creative stuff and, uh, and, and bikes you can ride, bikes you can go out and have a good time on, but you got a vibrant culture from the motorcycles to the art, to the, to the vendors that are in there. Talk a little bit about how the blending of art and motorcycles, how that's coming about. Well, you caught us on a good day because it's the only day of sun we get all year, so um, they, everybody that has a motorcycle came out, um, no, but there's, there's something about the Northwest. It's not an easy place to live. Uh, it used to be kind of shitty, uh, actually. It wasn't very good economy up here and not many paying jobs. So, uh, people just sort of made do and, and had a good, they focus on the, the, the quality of life. And I think in that process built something kind of different, you know, uh, People always say like the heyday of one place, you know, say the heyday of New York, heyday of LA or whatever. Like there was a period of time when there was really a lot of creative people, a lot of things to do, a lot of places to go. I think, you know, Portland is maybe seeing its second heyday or whatever. You know, it's it's definitely a, a, a place that inspires young creative people to come. And uh, that's... I think that's good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it, it really like you go in the show and there's everybody from an old guy that can barely walk to a kid that can't walk, you know? it's it's. <laughs> I've seen a number of kids getting stoked out on some of the little bikes upstairs yeah. and things like that. And um, yeah, it is it is a cool scene here. And you know, it's funny, we're just kind of scratching the surface of a lot of things tour that you've got going on. As a matter of fact, speaking of your books, uh, I think I saw them when I was getting a coffee this morning. Yeah. So maybe uh, explain, you know, tell people about CC, kind of the beginnings of that and the evolution that you've had with, yeah. with that whole thing. Yeah, that's sort of like the year-round one show. It's, it's uh, you know, everything sprouted from the motorcycle. Um, you know, we built some custom bikes just, you know, trying to have some fun, doing something different uh, out of old dirt bikes about 10 years ago. And then... Um, we put them in some shows that didn't really fit in with those shows. So we're like, well, let's make our own show. And then after the, so after the first show in that space, we opened a small build shop kind of thing. And then we opened a small retail shop a year later. Um, and, you know, I sort of am bound by my word uh, as a Nordic man. Uh, <laughs> 
so I told a lot of people that I was going to open a shop that was different, and um, I told enough people that I couldn't back out and uh, put out enough stickers. Yeah, so that's that's and that's funny because I, I grew up skateboarding, and the way that you start a company is you buy stickers and you stick them on everything until your company is well known, and then you make shirts and then you make stuff. And we live in Santa Cruz. You're preaching to the choir. Yeah, totally. So yeah, so I. I <laughs> I bought $300 worth of stickers and stuck them on everything, and then uh, people kept asking about it, and I was like, well, you can get a shirt now. And so people bought the shirt, and then we saved a little bit of money, and we just kept, you know, cycling the money back into the company, and and uh, here we are sponsoring National Level Riders, second CC location, uh, and just opened a KTM dealership. So we kind of run the gamut from the guy who just got a coffee uh, looking at a bike, thinking about it, to getting his first bike to racing for the first time and then beyond that sponsoring the the guys that have dedicated their life to it so you know to me that feels pretty honest and like uh feels like it's it's got it's it gives the the thing that i really enjoy which is you know riding motorcycles and goofing around on motorcycle stuff uh it gives it some some momentum to go forward and like i said hopefully it inspires other people to do it and I think it has a bit. Yeah, I, you see a lot of inspiration, and, and I've talked to a lot of people this weekend, and inspiration's a common theme that you hear around the place. You know, you're seeing what people are doing, you're seeing the scene around here. And, um, you know, we could, I could talk more about the coffee this morning. Great breakfast, by the way. Oh, yeah. Cool scene, and when you said do something different, you know, when you step into to CC Coffee, it is different. And what really one of the things that grabbed Doug and I, I know, is, you know, we're checking out the shop there, and then we, you know, go grab a coffee, go through the doorway, and you see the wall of helmets. Yeah. And that was pretty slick. Yeah. And, uh, um, but then you also mentioned you guys have got the KTM thing going now, right? Mm-hmm. And how long have you had that? Uh, we've been open two and a half months, I think. Right on. Yeah, so pretty, pretty new. And that's got to be a lot of fun. And then I'll also um, hear you might be doing something with Ulta. Uh, yeah, well, you know, with the dealership, there's definitely the potential to sell. So <laughs> right. um, I really, really like the electric movement of things. Um, I see all the benefits, um, and the things that people complain about, like the noise and the no noise or whatever are to me benefits. Um, the price tag, you know, I hope that inspires more people to buy it so that the price tag can come down. Um, cause that's how it works. Uh, yeah, I mean, they kind of nailed it with their slogan, like the, the future of fast is is it i mean we were out there doing wheelies for four hours the other day and the first time in my life being growing up skateboarding uh jumping off loading docks the business owner came out and was smiling you know we expected him to be on the phone calling the cops and he was just like what are you guys doing i guarantee you if we were out there on dirt bikes ripping up and down the street uh he would we would have had a a run-in with the law no doubt but uh i mean i still this is what I say about it. It's the exact same, but different. It's like everything you know about a dirt bike, but completely different. Um, I still think that, you know, in my lifetime, dirt bikes will still be a very relevant thing. Um, but, you know, who knows how fast things change. Yeah, like someone said, people still race horses. Yeah, exactly. There you go. 
that pretty much sums it up, huh? Yeah, but it was cool. I saw some of the stuff on Instagram uh, that you guys had posted doing the doing the flip kicks and the wheelies. Oh yeah, the motorcycles. yeah, flip kicks. <laughs> yes, <laughs> kick flips. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, um, yeah, but it goes to show how far those bikes have come, right? The throttle control. Yeah, I mean, they're those bikes are legit motorcycles. There's nothing that they skimped on with the with the Alta bikes um, from design to functionality to usability like everything makes sense on that bike but i just wish it wasn't yeah. you know and, and honestly like the i think it's 14 grand it, it's not like a huge jump if you buy a brand new ktm which you should do um and add on all the parts you know over the lifespan of the bike you're you're well in that same range yeah. so and I'm sure you've talked to them, and then you look at the maintenance costs and that kind of thing, yeah. and, and it'll come down, I think, like totally. I said. We're just kind of waiting for it. Yeah. So, you know, we're sitting here. I know this is a, a podcast, and you can't see, obviously, but you got some racing leathers kind of next to you with uh, the CC oh, yeah, name and, and the Fox logo. Um, can yeah. we talk about that at all? Yeah, they stole our logo, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Fox, uh, we, you know, with sponsoring professional racers and things like that, we um, we wanted to sort of fill, fill the the niche of what we like to wear. You know, I don't know. It really just kind of came out of the fact that I met the right guy, and he he liked the brand, and we kind of started to get to talk. And like, uh, basically, um, you know, he was looking to do a collaboration with another company, maybe a smaller company, um, which is certainly scary for a small company like ours that's very uh, guarded in in specific about what we do um but i felt that the racing history that fox has and their attention to detail um was sort of a good fit um but you know like i said what we do really well is pair two things together and make something new out of it and uh i think it's a pretty exciting thing we've got uh flat track leathers um that will be premiered well kind of at this show and then also down at salem tomorrow for our pro, pro flat track race we'll have uh, a team of our team guys basically wearing them and um we're working on some other pieces that are going to come out soon but right. yeah it's pretty i mean it's pretty crazy like a little tiny company like ours that they would they would even care to to do something with so no it's rad we we love fox are down yeah. in our area we love dirt bikes too right yeah. doug you know what i'm saying so we do like the dirt bike yeah exactly <laughs> i saw that too and it's funny when i started seeing that logo pop up and i'm like fox and cc i'm like and then i see kind of alta pop into the thing yeah. as well and uh, and you got you know right you know you got team riders now and all that yeah. uh, and i was like that is a really cool triangle i want to learn more about that yeah it's interesting and i don't know if we know what it is you know it's like i said we've just put the two things in the pot and we're kind of stirring it around to see what happens yeah something real good i'll tell you right yeah. now <laughs> you got all the right all well, they the right said that they like the logo better than their own <laughs> uh, yeah, i do too kidding. no it's cool though <laughs> it I, I really good. um i dig it you know it's funny though because there are some diehard fox fans right and they think we're ripping them off which How is funny. even better, right? Because <laughs> all these guys are like, who the fuck? Like, these guys in Portland are just blatantly right in Fox's face, ripping them off. When it's it's not that at all. It's it's definitely a collaboration. And and I think that there's some, even some funny cues on the front of the jacket with the upside-down Fox. You got it upside-down. And it looks like the middle finger. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> but that's 
that is kind of you know it is yeah. like it's yeah. like that's brilliant they they designed this whole thing fox did yeah so I they mean, they threw it upside down they threw it in upside down right and i said that's cool and and that's what it is. It's taking something you know, turning it on its head, and making something new. You know, and then see what comes out of it. Yeah, yeah. totally. Right. So cool. they they as a company are really good by doing that. I think a lot of people, a lot of companies get stuck in their money maker, and that isn't adding. It's just there. You know. So the fact that they have always been the leader and continue to do weird stuff that pushes the sort of spectrum of what people think and pisses some people off. I think that's good. Yeah, and it's I like what they do too. As a matter of fact, a friend of ours, Matt Harris, 40 Cal Customs, who's uh-huh. out here from Tennessee, yeah. he's got the 23 Harley. He's going to be racing uh, in the flat tracks. Yeah. And um, um, I think he's running a new pair of Fox shocks on the back of his bike, uh, brand new, first time kind of out of the box. And yeah. Same thing, but they're, the, the, the Fox stuff is, yeah. is awesome. Yeah, Fox is out of, uh, yeah, down too, our way, so. yeah, down our way. We <laughs> and like and they are the best best suspension that I know, you know, yep. so. Shout out to Fox. So, you yeah. know, <laughs> something else I'm fascinated What What's up with the resurgence of the flat track? I mean, it yeah, seems like know. it's coming back. Um, we got the California flat track going down our way, but, you know, I'm loving the races you guys have up here. Yeah, we do some pretty wacky stuff. Uh, you know, I think, to be honest, it it's entertaining to watch. Heck yeah. It's easy to understand. Uh, as motorcycles, kind of all areas grow, you know, there's just areas that probably are easier to understand for people, so... And, I mean, if you think about it, if you can go in a circle on a motorcycle, you can basically race flat track, you know? It doesn't matter how fast you go. I mean, most of the time, you lose, so... Right. Well, <laughs> and sometimes the smaller the bike, the, the better, right? We have yeah, more fun absolutely. on these little bikes, you know, just like the big bikes. But speaking of which, whose idea was the uh, the electric mini bike TT track Yeah, up, that was my bad idea. That's I didn't the best thing ever. I told my business partner. <laughs> Wait, Doug, you did that. Did I see you doing that earlier today? Yeah. Doug did you get whipped any, uh, any beer on you? No. You got, you got away lucky. I went back behind the track to uh, take some video, and there was a pile of beer cans. Beer cans <laughs> yeah, those all. Last night. Yeah. That was funny. I love it. Yeah, and well, the only ones, if you have your empty beer, feel free to throw it on the, at the track. <laughs> yeah. Encouraging bad behavior in a controlled environment. <laughs> but, but, right, but that's just, if it's two wheels, yeah. and, and there's more than one of you, or by yourself, but to race, it's always so much fun, and it doesn't matter. What if, I mean, that's what it makes a human. Like, you race. Yeah, yeah. Dude, people have been doing it since they got feet. You know? <laughs> yeah, totally. All right, so what do we? What can we expect from um, CC Fox Combo? Who, who's racing for you guys tomorrow? Uh, we'll have Davis Fisher at the helm. Uh, I expect Tanner Dean. He's a young kid, but he's doing real well these days. Uh, we got Andy Debrino, who's typically an AMA pro road racer, yep. but he'll be racing the hooligan class and the pro class. Uh, we've got Jimmy Hill, uh, a professional FMX rider. Um, he'll be racing the hooligan class. Um, and then who else? That's a bunch right there. Scooter Vernon, uh, sort of veteran in the flat track world, but he'll be racing for Team CC, uh, Fox. And, uh, a whole bunch of professional flat track racers, so it should be good, good racing. Now, is this kick, this kicks off the season? Or I want to say the... The hooligan, the hooligan championship, championship, yeah. right? Which is cool. Like, it, there's yeah, an alternative the stop, to right? Grand National. You know, there's uh-huh. a, there's an alternative to like spending everything that you have on one style of riding. You can now go buy a Harley from 
uh, the local dealership and destroy it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's pretty that's pretty affordable to anybody. <laughs> it's, well, it's Potentially win some money it. too. Yeah. So what's the purse? Uh, ten grand. So that's some real money, man. Yeah, we've got ten grand in the purse, and then uh, for the hooligan race, a thousand bucks for first place. How do you expect the race to go? How do you, what do you think it's going to be like? Well, if it's anything like last year, uh, a little hectic for me and some of the riders, uh, and fruitful for some of the others. <laughs> it's such as racing, right? Yeah, right. Some cool, crashing, man. some some winning. So cool. Yeah. Hey, so uh, when we head back out to the show, um, you know, from your viewpoint, you know, what are some some things you, if you're coming to the one motorcycle show, uh, what should you definitely see this year? What are the cool things that stood out in your mind? Um, whether it's bikes or vendors or art. Um. Man, it's an experience. You can't buy it, you know? You just have to be there. You have to go and talk to people and feel it out. I mean, is this your first time? Yeah, first time that we've yeah. been here, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've seen pictures of it and thought it oh, looked yeah. cool, but, like, you don't feel... It's hard to explain a picture to somebody, right? Yeah. So you have to just show up. And it's, and the inner, it's definitely all about the energy here. Yeah, but totally. were there any bikes that stood out to you? Oh, yeah. there's. Or? I mean, every one of them is yeah. is cool in its own way. Even if I don't like the appearance of it, I like the uh, the story behind it or the guy or whatever. You know, it's just a little mix of everything. So uh, some things that stand out, of course, are, are let's see, like I said, the, the guy who built a bike that had never touched, you know, motorcycle in his life and decided that there was some fun in that so he built a, a little it's kind of by the stage in that little hallway okay it's the second bike mm-hmm. a little two-stroke um single cylinder cafe ish thing i don't know kind of cool. kind of just a hodgepodge of parts that look cool together and uh the dude's super nice and was honored to be part of the show uh, i think it was a big milestone for him to have come the first year or second year or whenever and and then put a bike in the show. But yeah, I mean, all of them. I, you know, I like the ones I can ride, so. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, just curious, what was your first bike? Uh, to my parents' dismay, uh, I bought a uh, RM125 when I was 16 from the earnings of uh, my winnings from uh, snowboard contests. So, <laughs> I bought it off a guy with a no fear tattoo. Nice. Was it a tramp stamp? No, no, it was on his leg, and I was <laughs> like, his cap. And I hate, well, I don't hate yellow, but I'm not a fan of yellow bikes. So I stripped it all down and made it all white. It looked kind of like Robbie Knievel's bike. Nice. It was pretty ugly, but right it was on. different. Nobody ran, you know, everybody had slick graphics and shit, and it was just white. And it was an RM125 in their sort of ugly phase. Um, but yeah, that was the first bike, and I definitely knocked myself out a handful of times on that thing learning how to do it and uh yeah i didn't actually i i got out of dirt biking for a long time and then back into it so it's funny to be fully involved now with a dealership (laughs) no kidding right yeah Yeah, so uh what bikes do you have in the garage now how long you got um (laughs) go walk back inside yeah uh the ones I'm riding, I always like to, I pick a new bike each year and I kind of like that favorite, that one, you know? So um, right now I just got a brand new uh, Sportster 1200, uh, which will be racing tomorrow. And uh, I'm not done building it, so I'll do a custom build on it. But my, my old standby is a 70, out of all things, a purple 1974, 74-inch uh, shovel head that's bone stock. Not one thing's changed on it. Nice. And so it's pretty ironic because it's the slowest and the most unchanged bike. 
and all I do is rip things apart. So, <laughs> but that's the one. That's I mean, it just it's a tractor. It's the one that always starts and it just cruises and it's old and dirty and it looks it's kind of it looks like grimace. Okay, yeah. that's good. I, forget, yeah. I thought you were going to say <laughs> it looked like me. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. The Grimace If that's bike. its nickname, it's Grimace. I mean, it's probably the only 1974 purple shovel head that's still purple. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's my, old, that's my old standby. And then dirt bike, I've got a KTM 500 uh, EXC. Uh, and that I love every minute of riding that thing. Um, and then, you know, bikes that I've had for a long time are SR500. Um, first, first sort of road bike. Such a fun platform, too, yeah. right? I love yeah. those. Those engines are great. Could do anything with them, uh, and that's I race the TT five hundred in the vintage flat track, um, and then I've got the XG five hundred or seven fifty uh, for uh, hooligan racing, and uh, it's also street legal, so I ride that around a bit, um, and uh, I don't know. <laughs> I bought, I bought a uh, XR100 for 60 bucks at a swap meet, and I, right I like that because I don't have to do anything to it. It runs? Or wash it, or yeah, nothing. I started at like third shit. kick and just beat the shit out of it. I love this. What year was it? I don't know, like an 82. Or yeah, something? Dude, yeah, it's a garbage bike, but. Hey, but the Hondas. <laughs> they're Hondas, run. yeah, run forever. Started oh, run. yeah, and then the, the this bike here, the, the uh, CR, this is the bike yeah. that did it all, actually, uh, when I was uh, probably, I don't know eight or nine or six or seven my friend's dad put me on the front of a cr250 uh-huh. uh there's a bunch of those inside yeah yeah, yeah that's cool. the bike so uh he put me on the front and we ran over all the cactus and rocks and i was just like uh that just changed everything so i bought one uh about two years ago that was a total piece of shit uh rotting away in some guy's backyard and and it turned out it was an old factory race bike and i sort of revived it and uh i raced that in motocross uh from time to time but in the modern class so it's an 85 cr 250 and actually turned it out to a 300 so uh yeah i raced that as in modern motocross um and that's a good bike too so yeah see i told you it could go on forever i'll see i'll keep thinking about them but yeah yeah there's a lot that's what we do sit around and talk bikes yeah well, it's really cool. It's amazing all the stuff you got going on. So, yeah. um, what do you what, what's around the corner? What's what's in the future? Or are you just kind of throwing it all up in the air? And- well, last year was a building year. I just think we need a little break. I know my wife is like, "Can we build a house? Can we, you know?" <laughs> so, I hopefully hopefully this next year a lot of riding. Cool. Your your wife is super generous and yeah. sweet, by the way. What a kind person. Yeah. So big thank you to her. She's yeah, Tori's great. awesome. She's yeah. uh, she's my she's my ship. So yeah. So build her house, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So yeah, I got to go build her house. Uh, that's next, and uh, you know, just just trying to filter the good opportunities from the maybe just ones that won't go anywhere. So. Um, we definitely got a lot of momentum yeah. going, and uh, you know, and I'm inspired being here, seeing all the cool stuff, and and I, I just really how you're bringing all these different things together, from the art, um, you know, to the bands even, and, uh, yeah. and the motorcycles, and, and the fun. You guys, you, people are having a good time. Yeah. You know, you go to some shows where people just kind of mill about and walk around. Everyone here's smiling, they're laughing, yeah. they're having a good time. It's a really positive, fun energy. So cool. yeah, we we look forward to seeing what CC is going to be about in the future, tour. And, yeah. And what you guys are up to and. Cool. Well, thank you. I mean, I'm glad that you guys say that. That's all I want. You know, that's I want people to come and have a good time and, and uh, you know, 
and some, great stories. Something comes out of it. It's the one show. It's one thing where everything comes together. I can't explain it, but you have to just try it, you know? Yeah, and I, I will say, if you're ever up in this way or you're looking for a destination, you know, come up to Portland. You guys got some great roads up here. Yeah. Uh, I know in the summertime, it's absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Swing by CC Coffee, get, some, get a cup of joe. They have a really good breakfast also. Yeah. And I like your race gear. I like the graphics, the color schemes. Yeah. Like, everything you guys are doing are, is top notch. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and, and come up for the show. You know, it's a great a great yeah. destination. So. Definitely. Definitely. Thanks again. We're going to go back in. I'm going to get right. a 16-ounce PBR and uh, try to see all these bikes in here. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Cool, <laughs> right on. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Cheers. And that guy tells an incredible story. So interesting. And uh, eight years now. This is year eight. That's, that's quite a commitment. But he's right. You know what he said? Like, if you're going to do something historically, you might as well do it for a decade. I thought that, that was cool, You too. get some recognition for that shit, man. Yeah, and you know, and he walks the walk. You know, a shout-out to uh, to Tour. Awesome event, obviously. Everyone we talk to just says, this is this is great. So, yeah. well done. But I like the fact that it's grown up, grown up organically out of their community. You know, we were over at the coffee shop this morning, and that was cool. And to watch... To watch his thing evolve into all these different branches, you know, they have things going on with Fox, they have things going on with the CC label, they got things going on with Alta. And like you said, you just started with a sticker company. Yeah, that's it. Some stickers. You, you build up some hype, and then finally you release a shirt. That's by it. then you got people already wanting to buy it. That's that's so cool. That's very smart. <laughs> yeah. Very smart. Yeah. So that was cool. So shout out to Thor. That was, what a what a chill dude and yep. his wife, uh, Tori. Tori. So sweet. So nice. Very and very sweet lady. Time. Yeah. She hooked us up. So there's so much to see and do here. Everywhere you turn around, there's either art displayed, there's a crazy, a crazy scooter that's breaking land speed records, uh, a lot of cool custom bikes, and a lot of cool vendors here, and a lot of cool art. So we're bopping around, and we happen to be here with uh, the founders of Hinderland Empire. So with me this morning is... Jolene. And I'm Trinia. And you guys are the founders of Hinderland? We are. So we're over here at Hinterland Empire. So people that aren't familiar with the brand, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about the background, how it got started, and what you guys are doing? It got started when we lived up in Humboldt County because we were just up there and we wanted to figure out a way to make a living but also still be creative. And we wanted the brand to kind of exemplify the area, like a lot of greens, a lot of browns, just natural elements because that's what what we value. Right, and you guys ride, I take it? Oh, yeah, yep. So what are you, what are you riding? Right now, I've got a Honda Nighthawk. Uh, I've got a 74 BMW Airhead and an Aprilia Dorsodoro. Nice, and you're in between bikes, I hear? In between bikes, uh, three for one, zero for the other. It's all about balance. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of wondering how the math works out there. You got three and you have none. That's kind of funny. So how did you guys end up here at the Moto, at the One Show? I actually went before we had a, a clothing line, and um, I was really inspired being here the first year just as a viewer. And ever since then, I've just been hooked. And we've been vending the last three years now, and every year we debut our newest designs here, and it's kind of like a jump-off point for us every year. It's really cool stuff. You can check them out on Instagram and Facebook. Right, and uh, and 
the things I noticed when I first stepped over it that I recognized immediately were there's a bumper sticker with a heartbeat in Redwoods, which but we're from Northern California, too, that we all love and recognize. But then the other one is the fuck pants underwear. Yes. So tell me about the fuck pants underwear. Um, we're screen printers and designers, and we don't often deal with pants. And so it can be read a number of ways, but for us, we just hate pants generally. Like, we think it's kind of the scourge of the, the universe. We hate pants. And uh, that's what that came from. But other people interpret it differently and it's teach their own and it's our biggest seller it has been since we started the design that's pretty cool and and it seems like you guys have tapped into a uh, an interesting motor part of the motorcycle community you know there's a lot of this crossover from from you guys to some bikes builders and some things like that and a lot of the the, the women uh I don't know the correct words is women have always been riding bikes. You go back to the turn of the century, and there seems like just as many women riding as men. But it's a cool community. So talk a little bit about maybe the, the female community that you guys are a part of and, and how that's developing. Um, it's growing exponentially, actually. And it's kind of a cool common denominator for a bunch of really outgoing humans. Um, it's a great way to meet people and make friends. And I don't know. It's it's very special and unique. I, I could talk about this all day i just think i'm so grateful for the community that motorcycles not just with women but with men and women and everybody it's been a really nice way to meet people and a common ground you know it's funny i was just talking to some old guys that i met at the front door uh, one of them was from selena oddly enough and it had moved up here and we it seems like we have the same conversation that how motorcycles are this common denominator that do bring a lot of different people together well, anyway, hey, I appreciate you taking the time. But before I cut off, what uh, what's coming up in the future for you guys? What's uh, What do you got your eyes on down the road? Um, we're going to just keep doing what we're doing. It's working really well. We had two and three jobs, each of us, to keep this going. And now we're just doing this full time, and it's going well. So fingers crossed. We just keep pushing. Hey, congratulations. We really look forward to continued success. And, and by looking at the mobs of people that have been coming through your guys' booth uh, last night and today, you guys are definitely on the right track. So thanks again, and good luck. Thank you. Hey, Doug, how's it going? Hey, good, Jim. We're having a ton of fun here, aren't we? I know, I just got here. Yeah. So it's funny, I'm over there just checking out some of the vendors and get a tap on the back. And guy's like, hey, I listened to your podcast. Sweet. It was pretty cool. So a shout out to Will. So Will's an Oregon guy. Um, uh, likes to ride the big touring cruisers. He got a concourse and oh, some nice. other really nice fast bikes. But it was kind of cool to run into him. So uh, thanks, Will, for saying hi. Uh, we had a really great conversation. And you'll actually, we did an interview real quick uh-huh. just to get his take on the show. Cool. Let's hear from Will. So, yeah, check out Will. And, uh, Will, if you're ever in our area, swing by on a Sunday. We'd love to see you. Awesome. I was over talking to the, the Hinterland uh, Empire girls. Amazing stuff, by the way. And next thing I know, somebody's tapping me on the shoulder. So joining me, I have a podcast listener, and it's we have... Hi, my name is Will. And you're from... I live in Hubbard, Oregon. I've been in the Portland area, area since, so let's say, I moved here in 1977. So you've been here a while. I've been here a while. Right, cool. And he's here with his beautiful wife, Becky, and I'm assuming you're related somehow as well. It's my daughter, McKenna. What's your name? Uh, my name is McKenna. Do you ride motorcycles? Um, no, I do not have one currently. <laughs> we'll take that as a not yet. So, 
So tell me, why in the world would you listen to Motorcycles and Misfits podcast? It just makes no sense to me that anyone listens to that. But I'm curious. Well, I have a 40-mile commute to and from work. Going to work in the morning is not that bad, but coming home in the evening in the Portland traffic is can be an hour and a half, two hours long. So it kind of relaxes me. You know, you can get caught up in the, the road rage anger of people driving around Portland and um, whether I'm in my truck, my car, or on my bike listening through my helmet, I, I like to just kind of keep my mind clear and relax. Right on. So what, uh, what kind of bike or what kind of bikes are you riding these days? Uh, right now I have two in the garage. I like to keep at least two. I've got a 2015 Kawasaki Concourse, um, 1400 motor, real smooth, uh, get you through traffic pretty quick if you like. And then I have what I call my hooligan bike. It's a Kawasaki Z1000. Um, real nice, sit upright, naked, pretty aggressive looking, really fun. Uh, get yourself in trouble real quick if you want, but, you know, we like to keep it nice and tame. That's cool. Sounds like Will likes the big fast bike. So the Concourse, so it's, uh, that's a big cruiser bike. I don't know if you've been listening on the podcast where, where Ch- or Liza's chopping up a uh, Concourse that she got. You know, I just saw a picture on Facebook a few days ago of somebody asking, hey, what about chopping up one of these? And I... I couldn't do that to my own, but let's say I found something wrecked that uh, needed a little repairs and stuff. Yeah, it would be fun to take a big bike. I'm a big guy, you know, chop it up a little bit, something, make something naked out of it. That's why I, I like coming to shows like this, get ideas. The show's pretty amazing. So, um, you know, when you come in, when you first walk into the building, you know, how does it, what strikes you? What's your first impression when you come in? Well, it's definitely got a Portland feel. Like, I love the fact that they pick a building like this. You know, this is an old foundry building. It's got a very nostalgic, old-school feeling to it, just like these old-school bikes. Um, and it just, you, the Portland vibe, um, people don't understand. This is just, uh, Portland has its own culture. And, and I think that this show and this setting kind of fits the whole Portland scene. You know, I think I think that, that you put your finger on it. I didn't think it was think of it in that way before but it's so eclectic here and the the whole range of the different motorcycles they have and the kind of funkiness to it yeah i think you're right i think it definitely does have a portland kind of feel so were there any bikes that uh kind of stood out in your mind or any shit you think's real cool out there oh wow you know i really like to focus on a lot of the the local builders um i myself i've been really thinking about building a cafe bike um, I know it's kind of the hipster scene right now, but it, it sounds fun. You, you go find, like, uh, for me, I would think a KZ900 or something. It's a little bit larger. Um, take the, you know, put some modern-day suspension and some modern-day brakes on it, you know, and, and uh, clean the lines on it and strip it down as naked as you can and make something fun out of it. Um, my son, who's been riding with me since he was three, is now 23, has a couple bikes of his own, and him and I have been talking for the last few years about, hey, let's build something. Let's make something our own. So I, I love the fact that a, a lot of these builders here, I like the small-time guys, you know, the, the guys that did it out of their garage, you know, or the shed in their backyard or whatever, and it just kind of came together. So that, that's what I'd like to do. Yeah, when you come to these, I think it's kind of empowering. You see what people can do. And one of the things that struck me is they're taking some motorcycles here that aren't particularly remarkable, right? And they're and they're doing really cool stuff. Like a, there's a DR, like a 97 DR350. 
dual sport that this guy had tricked out into a bobber and um, and it looked pretty cool. But it's like, man, it, it's like I could do that, well, maybe, but <laughs> but yeah, I could do that. So it's accessible. And are we going to see you at the electric motorcycle races upstairs later today after a couple more PBRs? Oh, most definitely. I, I would love to get my big ass on there and see what I could do. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're, I think we're taking a trip down to Salem tomorrow for the flat track races, too. Uh, i got to check that scene out. Um, but I, I can't imagine, like you said, I can't believe what they built out of some of these bikes. Like, who would have thought, you know, you get a Virago 750 and you make a bobber out of it. It's like, wow, holy crap, that's, you know, a shaft drive on a bobber. That, that's pretty amazing. Um so, yeah, I think the scene here is just pretty, it's very cool. It is It is really cool. The fact they make it free, that there's booze, you get to race without a helmet. Right. What could go wrong? <laughs> All right, well, Will, Becky, hey, thanks so much for taking a little bit of time and chatting with us uh, and enjoy the show. And hopefully we'll see you at the Flat Tracks. We got uh, Matt Harris from 40 Cal Customs, uh, who we recorded with about a week or so ago. Matt's here. His bikes are upstairs. He's got a 23 Harley and then his uh, Flat Track race bike's upstairs. And then also keep an eye out, a friend of ours, um, Duran, who is a 16-year-old, threw together a hooligan. I don't even know how to, it's a mini bike with a 252 stroke in it. He snuck it in upstairs. It's actually being displayed without anyone's knowledge. But he's going to try to race that in the Super Hooligan tomorrow. So we'll keep an eye out for that. But definitely if you see us, say hi and come hang out. All right, have a good show, guys. Cool. All right. All right, well, that was really cool. Uh, thanks, Will, for your time. Um, another listener I ran into, his name is Jeremiah. Uh, he's actually over from Vancouver. Let's hear from Jeremiah. Here we are at the One Motorcycle Show. This is Douglas reporting for Motorcycles and Misfits. I have a longtime listener here, Jeremiah Stricker, down from... Uh, Vancouver, Washington. And you just got here a little bit ago, correct? Uh, I've been here for a couple hours. A couple hours, cool. Uh, why don't you tell us, uh, is this your first time at, at the One Motorcycle Show? It is. I found out about last year, tried to go, but work prevented me from showing up, so had to go this year. And how long have you been riding? Uh, dirt since the early 2000s. Uh, rode dirt bikes for a while, long time, still do. And street, about four years. And what are you riding in the dirt? Uh, I've got a WR. 450, and then I've got a DR650 Dual Sport. They're both great bikes. And how about the street? Uh, Kawasaki Versys. Excellent bike as well. Liza, you'd be proud. <laughs> uh, Jeremiah was just telling me about a little story incident he had on the ice, racing on the ice. Why don't you tell us about that? Well, that was trail ride, not really racing. But, yeah, Tillamook Forest, uh, a buddy actually drove down from Seattle so I couldn't really bail, you know, with the bad conditions. So we toughed it out. But, yeah, I hit the ground about a dozen times, torn rotator cuff. Ouch. Probably spent some time in the hospital. <laughs> no, no. It's actually a minor tear. So I'm, I'm not even in a sling. But it hurts to move it, and the strength really isn't there. So they won't let me uh, They won't let me drive. So. And how, how long ago was that? Um, it was the 4th of January. So you're not riding it, probably. Oh, I'm riding. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good. That's good to hear. Uh, So do you, uh, are you a builder at all? Uh, Nah, I do my own work on my bikes, but I don't really do custom builds. I just, you know, riding in the dirt, you crash a lot, so you fix a lot. 
Yeah, I, I know what that's about. Trust me, I got two two strokes that I'm fixing all the time. Uh, so, what is your favorite bike here at the show so far? Oh, that'd be a hard one. Um, upstairs, there was a oh, it was a Honda CX. I think it was a CX 500 street bike that the guy had turned into like a dual sport. It looked like a really big dual sport. It's black. I think it was a CX 500. I, I believe you're right, yeah. That thing's cool. Um, it's nothing fancy to look at. It's just a neat build. You can appreciate what the guy was going for, and he pretty much nailed it. There was also, uh, did you see the Hawk GT 650 that was also done up like a... Same way. Is, is that the is that the one then? Oh, no, the same way. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. It was the Hawk 650, yeah. Yeah, it's a Hawk GT yeah, black 650. Yep, yeah. that's the one. Yeah. That's Very cool. A, yeah, that's a neat bike. Nothing fancy to look at, but cool. Cool. Well, uh, thank you very much, and I hope you enjoy your time here. You're welcome. That's kind of cool, Doug, running into Jeremiah. It's funny running into people uh, from the podcast. Yeah, it's like we're famous or some shit, right? (laughs) No, that is really cool. We we do really appreciate uh, every single person that listens to this podcast, whether they like it or not. So, um... Let's it's funny, they all look kind of disappointed, though, after they walk <laughs> away. There's just this look of just disappointment and shame. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, next up, we're going to hear from David and Aaron from San Francisco. All right. Hey there. Coming back at you here at the One Moto Show in Portland. And I say it every time, but the day just keeps getting more fun. Here with a couple of friends outside uh, in the, I don't know, is it a food court? What do we call this, Knock? This is the, uh, where we get fed. This is where the where we get fed. I, did, I do see a tent that says meat here, so Eliza missed the, missed the boat on this one. He's got a meat on a stick over there. Yeah, yeah. but uh, we're here with some friends, uh, David and Aaron, and I could fill you in on their background, but I think it's better to, to let them. So why don't you introduce yourselves, uh, tell us what you're up to, and what brings you to the One Moto Show. Cool. Thanks, Jim. I'm Dave, and we got... I'm Aaron. Aaron kicking it here, and uh, pretty excited to be at the One Moto Show. Uh, here to show off our first motorcycle. Uh, it's called Fosmic. Uh, it's an entirely bolt-together uh, Ducati. It's pretty sweet. All right. Well, that was certainly a mouthful. Knock, I mean, there was, there was a lot in there. There was. Uh, why a motorcycle? Uh, well, I'm going to have to turn to Aaron. That Aaron's the instigator of the group. And, yeah, uh, she always uh, is. As far as I knew her, she's an instigator. Yeah, this is, this is my second time on the podcast, so I'm happy to be back. Yeah. Thank you. Knock, uh, I, I wanted to say, would you unpack that? But I'm really afraid of what that would turn into. Oh, um, a, what, motorcycle? So, well, no, just you unpacking anything. Unpacking anything? Um, so Actually, anyway, he's a better packer. The concept of, of why we, we chose a motorcycle is the accessibility. And also just the, the passion and everyone has a dream about a motorcycle. I don't care yeah, if you've ridden before definitely. or if you've seen one just going down the street. You look cool. There, there's something that warms the cockles of your heart and really yeah. just tickles your your imagination. So let's take back a step back a little bit. Yeah. You mentioned the name of the company. You mentioned yeah. Bolt Together Italian <laughs> Motorcycle Doc all in one sentence. Yeah. Then I heard Ducati, I think. Yeah. So take a step back. Tell what's all the right. name of the company. So what are you guys up to, and 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 what is what is that inside? Yeah, we'll rewind a little bit. So uh, the company is called Fictive, uh, and so we are a manufacturing company based in the Bay Area, so just in San Francisco. Uh, and in August, yeah, August of last year. 
we had this crazy idea that we wanted to take uh, take the idea of building a motorcycle, but make it so that anybody could build it. And we're like, man, well, how would you do that? Like, why is a motorcycle so hard to build today? And we were chatting and it's like, well, you gotta learn how to weld and you gotta have all these special equipment and all these tools and you gotta know someone that owns a garage. The, the technical barriers really prevent people from getting in there and being able to wrench. And you guys know that from inviting people into your own garage yeah. and giving them the tools and the access to the, uh, the mastery of the art um, with the folks that you guys have. So we were like, well, what if you could build a motorcycle from the ground up that required nothing but a wrench and some hand tools to put together? We're like, whoa, that's, that's pretty sweet. Like, how would we do that? So you're kind of like, like, what's something even not could build? Was that kind of part right. of you know what right. If an idiot like me can do it. So, but that's a really cool concept. So you're talking about a bike that. So what do I do? Go down to the hardware store, get some tubing, or, or how do I how do I access this thing of which you speak? Spot on. So we we, we kind of started with this idea, right? A bolt together motorcycle. What does that even look like? Uh, and we kind of said, well, what's the base of the bike going to be? Where, where do we start? Is it, is it a Yamaha that we're going to use? Do we use a Ducati? And so it was really about choosing that as like the first platform. Um, and we ended up with the Ducati because... Uh, well, <laughs> so Ducati engines, um, I, the frame of a monster, uh, you have like 20 or 30 years of engines that you yeah. can choose from, right? And so if the frame... Uh, well, the frame mounts are the same, then you can plug and play with whatever engine you can find. Yeah. And there's something about a twin engine, as you know. That's it's very just, cool. It's so much fun. Yeah. I think we looked at Ducatis, too, and we looked along California, along the West Coast and the East Coast, and they're just everywhere. I mean, you can find a monster in any scrapyard, anywhere. Yeah. But a lot of times the frames are beat up or the, there's components of it which aren't very good. So we said, great, let's take the best part of the Ducati, the engine itself, and let's build something up around that. Uh, and that was really the, the base of it, uh, where we started. That's cool. So you say you can, I can build it myself. So yep. what do I do, like like order away for a magazine or like a book or, you know, you say I can build it myself, but how do I build it myself? Yeah, exactly. So you can actually go to fictive.com slash Fosmic, so F-O-S-M-C, uh, and you can download all the files and the schematics and, and the prints to be able to make this yourself. And the cool part is all you need is you can get the parts machined at a local machine shop. We also make parts as well. Uh, and from there, all you need is some basic hand tools in your garage. Uh, and and uh, I think Aaron, Aaron can attest, we, we wrenched this thing together to about 1 a.m. and then, uh, then got on the back and, and rode it, so. So this is, a, as you were saying, this is an open source motorcycle. You could actually download these files and if you have like some kind of 3D rendering program, yeah. you can adjust the values and make changes to this design and get it sent out, uh, get these parts sent out, and you have you literally your own custom motorcycle, yes? Yeah. Is that basically what the idea was? Basically the idea. So people are like, open source motorcycle? Right. right. Like, what the hell is open source, right? Right. So for all the nerds out there that are listening, you're like, well, I've heard of Linux before. Like, right. you know, like, I know open source software. Like, what is, what's an open source motorcycle? Um, and so the idea behind an open source motorcycle is, all the design files are yours to customize. So yeah. yes, you could buy a kit bike, but a kit bike just gives you the parts and you wrench it together. It's like a Lego set, right? right? You know, you just snap everything. But what if you could have the kit bike, but actually modify the wheelbase of it, decide that you want the exhaust to route this way, that uh, you guys can't see because we're sitting on a podcast, but I'm 6'5", and Aaron is 5'8", 
five three on a good day. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, 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 oh. You're gonna, you're gonna get dick punched. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, she's got like a six inch reach advantage. I'm just right. yeah, yeah. yeah, the right height. She's got long arms, <laughs> man. Watch out for that hook. But so if you're different sizes, you can move those foot pegs back and forth, right? Yeah. You can you can change where your ride position is. Or or just what you want to see out of the style of the bike. You want yeah. a chopper. You want a bobber. You want something more sporty. Yeah. You have the ability to make it look like what you've imagined. Right. Yeah, so that, that was it. It was like, how do you help people take that passion, right? You see a motorcycle, you love it. There's, there's so much uh, uh, dreams that go into any bike and then help them create their own version. Yeah. So what, is this, uh, you're going to be building more motorcycles, more shows? Or this is is this something that uh, one of many motorcycles that you're going to do? Or what's 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 your plan here? So the perfect, perfect uh, plug, I would say, for us, we're not a motorcycle company. We're sure. a manufacturing company. Right. I mean, as we, an example of your, of yeah. your ability. So, so the idea is we hope that this inspires people. And we're actually looking for the first batch of folks that want to build a motorcycle themselves. So okay. we're hoping that people reach out, email us, say, hey, I want to build one of these things. It's about 10 grand to build one. Uh, and then you got to get your engine and the donor bike there. Uh, but the idea is if we can get enough interest and pull it together, we can drive some of the costs down and do a kind of a, a build together on a first run. So we've made one today. A second one is in the works. Uh, our friend Julian is yep. making a, one right now. Uh, and we hope to get a group together for that next build. Yeah, and that, that also speaks to the customizability. Yeah. Right now, we have the fuel injected that's already built, but we have a carbureted version oh, that's currently being built. So you can source any engine, any any type that you really like, and plug and play with it. Okay, so who's the builder? Julian, the guy who designed this. Um, how did you find him, and what's what's his deal? How does he relate to you guys? Julian is a dirtbag builder. Yeah, okay. Um, so we've seen him throughout the years. Shout and out dirtbag. <laughs> shout out dirtbag. NorCal. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we talked to Julian, and he was on board with the project, and he's been fantastic. Cool. Yeah, so Julian Farnham, he's, a, I mean, an expert builder. It doesn't get any better than him. And yeah. His inspiration, I still remember the first time we brought to him this idea, like, we want to build a bolt-together bike. He's like, no. <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, hold on one sec. And we kind of had like a two-hour meeting, couple beers over some pepperoni pizza, uh, classic pepperoni. That's a Julian. Well, no, yeah. no good story ever started with we had a salad. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. And then he's getting on the train back to his house, and he, he sends me a text that night and a photo of his sketchbook. He's like, we're doing this thing. Yeah. And he has all these Fired sketches of, nice. of all these different ways to make it. And uh, and then uh, it was pretty crazy. This was in August and 12 weeks later. So literally from idea to 12 weeks, we had a rideable motorcycle. That's cool. That's sick. Yeah. So so I'm wondering, you know, you, you got this, this artistic concept design coming to light. With your mechanical genius and AutoCAD <laughs> abilities, I imagine this thing must bolt together like butter. Like yeah. the Aaron, right? I mean, how easy is this? <laughs> I, don't, this? I don't know about butter. There was blood. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, not a lot. I thought we weren't going to talk about that. Uh, so, <laughs> we're gonna talk about that. We are going to talk. We're just going to say some things. Yeah. So, Aaron, talk about bringing this concept to you know someone engineering it online or not online, but you know engineering the thing on a computer, and you you know having a hand in bringing it to life. What was it like building this motorcycle and you know, what, what were some surprises? What, you know, what was it all about? Yeah, well, uh, what uh, exactly were you, how were you involved in this project as far as the motorcycle aspect of it? Yeah, so, so bringing together the concept and the performance, right? When uh, every engineer is always right, I have to say. Dave's always right. Uh, Julian's yeah. always right. They hate mechanics, too, <laughs> um, I heard. He's nodding his head. <laughs> 
So, you know, what, what looks good on a computer screen can sometimes be very different from the reality of writing uh, that concept. Yeah. Um, so working with both Dave and Julian and giving input as to what functionally would work on the track, what functionally would work riding up in the hills. Right. Um, it, it really is a partnership of ideas and seeing that come to life and, and being I, able to ride it, being the yeah. test rider. I, I, I think Erin sells herself short that she's an amazing rider. And, <laughs> and literally on the first lap of this bike, like we finished bolting the thing together at 1 a.m., we're on the track up at Sonoma at like 7 a.m. the next day. She passes three people on the first lap. Awesome. Like, like, we haven't even tested this thing yet. And so I think uh, uh, this was my my first baby. So I had my first baby, and its name was Fosnick. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and so getting to engineer it with someone that knew as much about bikes was, was really huge, I would say. So were there as many uh, nuts on the bike when it came back as when it started originally? Uh, we, no we didn't comments. count. Uh, just going to say we didn't count. Let's just say Aaron rolled into the pits after two laps. She's like, uh... We don't have a uh, shift lever anymore. <laughs> the, shift uh, the shift linkage, we might have forgot to bolt that together. That she got a wheels in and like fourth gear, that was, like holding neutral. And then, that uh, was a literal shakedown. It, it was a, okay. it was a okay. shakedown. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And you were also in the advertising, weren't you? You, you got to be like the face of it, I guess. Oh, God. Just, well, what was that like? <laughs> I mean, like, so an unexpected, I'll put you in the spot, baby. That's uh, what's up. <laughs> um, we, we didn't really know what we were going to do with the bike. And so right. the, the shakedown was the first day that it had ever really been ridden. Right. And so we, we took it around Sonoma. And then Dave's like, hey, so we're in Sonoma. Why don't we go up into the hills? <laughs> yeah. and, uh, so we packed everything up. We thought it would be a great idea after... Uh, deflating the tires for track pressure right. uh, to then ride it up on uh, Marshall Petaluma Road. Oh, great. And also forgetting to reinflate the tires. Um, <laughs> Let's not even talk about the rear suspension. Yeah, yeah, or the lack of rear brake or, you know, it's yeah. minor details that right, we right. had going. But the video looks unreal. <laughs> it, it was a pretty cool production, I got to say. So where can we catch the video? Yeah, so at that same website, if you go to fictive.com, F-I-C, tiv.com slash f-o-s-m-c so fosmic fictive.com slash fosmic cool so uh you know knock touched on a little bit earlier so what can we expect coming out of you guys in the future i mean will you expand this into other you know machinery or other hobbies or it's kind of sky the limit thing yeah what other cool proof of concepts do you have yeah so for us we hope that this is the base that inspires a lot of people to create their own bike Mm -hmm. that the the real purpose of it was you see all these customized bikes everywhere you ooh and awe but at the end of the day how am i going to make that like how would i actually go about building this thing and so we hope that this serves as a base to really allow people to take that creativity they've always had in their head and make their own their own version so you know do you think i'm how long before I can I can print this at home on my 3D printer in my garage? Print, actually download the files, print the fucker up, print it and write it like in two days. So I can tell you, we made four 3D printed versions of this oh, wow. before we machined it itself. Uh, we do a lot of 3D printing and machining. Um, so I'd say in the near future that that final product is actually 3D printed, uh, but it was actually an integral part of our development. That was just for like fit, fitment purposes and just adjustments and stuff exactly, like that. Exactly, because we, we could we could basically print a frame up in 24 hours, right. and then the next day say how does this all fit together? Versus machining aluminum is much more complicated. Right. Okay. So 
I'm curious from like a technical perspective, this because I think the the, the future is coming so quickly. <laughs> yeah. You know, where is that technology as far as 3D printing with metals or alloys or composites? I mean, yeah. where do you think where is that now, and how soon do you think that's something that is? That, I mean, is that a reality that we could print up a bike in our garage? I think that it is a reality. Right now, it's just not cost effective. Sure. You know that that for small items. Uh, I make a lot of jewelry and, and 3D printed metal and whatnot. Erica's standing right behind us there wearing wearing one of my one oh, of the pieces I made for shit, her. That's, that, that's been 3D printed. Dude, and, that's uh, rad. Uh, so you know, for small small stuff like that, there there's a lot of great metal work in 3D printing. But the big stuff, if we 3D printed that bike, it would be a hundred thousand dollars. Right. You know. But I mean, do you see a point in the future where, it, you know, like just like with the electric bikes, we're seeing the, yeah, the price come down so fast, and that's yeah. the future. I, it's just fascinating to me. I mean, we're we're living it every day, and uh, yeah, I think so. So I'm kind of curious, uh, you know, not being a motorcycle guy necessarily, but I think we're going to bring you into the fold pretty quick. <laughs> What's your guys' impression of the one show? You oh know, when, when you first show up, what did you think of the space when you walked into the building? What, I mean, I'm personally blown away. It, it's much bigger than I expected. And, and coming from having been to Dirtbag for, well, since the inception of, uh, of the event, um, this is a wonderful genesis. Yeah. Uh, a lot of great builds, a lot of variety, yeah. um, I think, which is most important. Did you get any beard oil? Did you get a $30 haircut and I, mustache wax? I tried wax? not to shave off my 5 o'clock shadow um, just to fit in, wear some plaid. Yeah. Uh, I would just say if, if no one's been up to the, the one show, the coolest part is the variety for yeah. sure. It's quite it's a variety out here. Is you get to see you know every type of style of motorcycle. But generally when you go to any car show, motorcycle show, it's one vein. It's like classics or it's choppers or right. it's, it's whatever. And, and the, the, the amount of creativity and passion that the builders put in these bikes, it's so rad. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. eclectic mix out here. Yeah. Um, anything else you guys want to say in regards to this? or uh, any? Nox, Nox got to take a dump. No. <laughs> Yeah, okay. He's got to go find a bar of soap. <laughs> I got to do the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> well, no, it's been super fun, and, uh, and thanks for having us on the yeah. show. Thank you, Aaron. Anything you guys cool? great. Thank you. Thank you cool. for uh, taking the time out, guys. Thanks, Appreciate Doc. it. Thanks, Jim. Yeah. yeah, and when you want to do a, you know, a video of somebody putting together, how showing how easy it is to put one of your bikes together, bring one down to the garage on a Sunday. We'll slap uh, we'll, it together and ride that sucker. Any excuse to go south, we're always looking for it, so we'll be there. <laughs> right on. Thanks again, guys. Enjoy the show. Awesome. Thanks a lot, thanks. guys. So here we are, Jim. Day two at the One Motorcycle Show, Portland, Oregon. It's been pretty freaking great so far. No yeah, supermotos yet, but you know, uh, it's a different different culture up here than we than we're used to in in, uh, in the Santa Cruz area, um, where there's there's not that kind of terrain, I guess. There's there's a lot of tracks here, though. From what yeah, I hear, are. lots of trail riding. So lots of dirt bikes, lots of dirt trackers, and. Um, yeah, let's uh, a lot of, let's lot talk of passion about... for riding. You know, I mean, well, you know, it's funny being at the show. A couple of things that I noticed, well, besides all the beards and beer oil and flannel, <laughs> that, no, that, kidding aside, is is this place is electric. I mean, there's a real fun vibe here. There's it, a real it is. You, know, yeah. you go to some shows and people mill about. And They're just poking around and stuff, and, which is fine. Do whatever you want to do, but it's, you're right. It's the energy. Yeah, something about the way they've blended the the culture of Portland and this part of the country into the art, into the motorcycles. Um, it's really pretty cool. I, they're, they're all happy that they didn't have to pay an entry fee, which is yeah, free is good. <laughs> free. This is a free show, everybody. And there, are, there are just so many motorcycles. Tons, and it's a big space too. So we're looking at the warehouse from the outside right now, and it, it is. This used to be a pickle factory or something. It was um, a foundry. A foundry. 
Yeah, and uh, the entire bottom and top level are just filled with motorcycles. Yeah, it's and a you combination. Got everything of... from 2016s to 1923s, and it's uh, it's quite eclectic. Uh, not as many Harleys as I thought there was going to be. Yeah, that's true. Well, we may it's, see them at the race. It's very diverse. Well. Yeah, we still got the flat track coming up tomorrow, which is going to be a hoot. But um, there's the the craftsmanship that goes into some of these bikes is just incredible, and you can tell that they use them. There's a few bikes in there. They don't look like they've hit the street in a number of years, but a lot of these bikes, you can tell that they've been ridden. You can see rubber from the tires on the frame and everything, and that's 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 really cool to me. I mean, you can have a uh, a show bike that you got and you truck around and stuff, but I mean, you gotta ride the thing, man. Yeah, this is definitely a rider's show too. You know, and it goes yeah, out. You know, this whole new, new street tracker uh, kind of style, the flat track street tracker thing. Uh-huh. And I, you know, I like those bikes because they seem rideable. You know, you look at some of these custom bikes, yeah. the, the bobber thing or the brat bikes, and you're like, yeah, it looks cool, and I appreciate the effort that people put into it, but it doesn't look like the most comfortable thing to ride. Right. But some of this street tracker thing we've been seeing a lot of, it looks like shit. I, that looks like fun to ride. Oh yeah. And comfortable, we can have a, a blast on it. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, it has been a cool day where, you know, like Doug said, the sun's starting to set here, so I'm sure we have a lot more fun in store. Um, yeah, looking forward to the after party tonight. Actually, I kind yeah. of forgot about that. I, there's actually a lot of after parties from what I've been, I think I've been invited to about three of them so far. Excellent. Something called uh, Two Stroke Coffee Company, which is only a couple miles down the road. They're having an after party. Uh, and uh, Jennifer invited me to another one. Right that's on. going on tonight, so I'm sure there's lots going on tonight. If you can't find something to do tonight in Portland, you must be sick or can't so leave the So, Doug, uh, is what happens in Portland stay in Portland? <laughs> what happens at the Jupiter Hotel stays at the Jupiter Hotel. It is a riot, man. Cool. Well, let's, let's keep checking out the show, Jim. Yeah, right on, man. Cool, cool. Cool, cool. Back in the vendor area checking stuff out. So I'm over here at the Inked Iron booth with Matthew. How's it going, man? It's going great. Actually, it's probably one of the best years yet. Um, love the One Moto Show. How many years you been coming? This is my fourth year. It's the fourth year having art on the wall behind the bikes, and it's my third year vending. They started vending three years ago. I was one of the first vendors. That's really cool, man. So. Um, the people that aren't familiar with Inked Iron, why don't you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what it is you're doing, how you got started, and, and yeah, those kind of things. Well, it's an interesting story. Um, Inked Iron, is, it's basically a labor of love. I started literally uh, because I couldn't afford art. So, I, you know, I, I decided to make some art for the garage. When I went to go get it printed, realized it was cheaper to print 25 prints than it was to print one. Go figure. Print shops. But, uh, what happened was I threw those 25 prints online. At, originally, it was through Etsy and sold out in a couple weeks. Clearly, there's there's a need for motorcycle art, affordable motorcycle art. I keep it cheap. I keep it cheap for the lowbrow crowd. We're all builders. We're all struggling. And, you know, some of these guys, Deus, Iron and Resin, high-priced goods. So I try to keep it in the lowbrow, in the $20 range. All, pretty much all my prints are around 20 bucks. Um, the interesting story, because we're here at the one show, this is where I got started. So it's, I had um, Ginger Maccabee, who, uh, with New Church Moto, 
who's actually my vendor booth neighbor this year. Um, she had she had done upholstery for a seat for me literally five years ago, right as I was getting started doing art. And we were following each other on Instagram, you know, doing the whole liking photos and seeing what, what each other was up to. And when I put these prints up, turns out after she made the seat for me that she curates the art for the One Moto show. And she happened to literally see my art and she said, she said, hey, you want to put your art up at the show? Obviously honored. I, you know, I couldn't couldn't turn it down. It ended up being it was snowing that year. It was it was the worst trip up ever, but we made it. We put the art up behind the bikes, and it took off. And, you know, I gave it the brand name Inked Iron. It has to do with obviously the the ink you use to print and to, to do your art, and the iron in the bikes. You know, so it's kind of a blend of, of art and motorcycles. I keep it in the niche, and. You know, with social media, Instagram, Facebook, it kind of took off. And people okay, you know, these days everyone says, you know, I've seen your art. It's iconic. And the feedback is so good. That's what keeps me going. This is my fourth year at the One Moto Show. Fourth, Like I said, fourth year with, with art on the wall and third year vending. They started vending three years ago. The vending goes really well because each year you have to produce new art for the show. And they sell that at the art booth. I'm not allowed to sell that here in the booth, you know, the, the inked iron booth. But what I do is I sell all the, all the art from the years previous. So a lot of people come to the booth and they're like, hey, I saw that on the wall last year. And I can sell it to them. I started working with, the, with my other booth neighbors on the other side, Hinterland. They do screen printing. And they basically saw the art four years ago and said, hey, we want to put that on a shirt and do a clothing apparel type thing and so basically now the arts kind of transformed into clothing and apparel I call it moto inspirado yeah I've seen that on some of the shirts so what's that about it's the opposite of desperado you know we're all familiar with the word desperado thanks to the eagles and you know the 70s whatever basically we're turning that around we're making it positive inspirado and what I do is a lot of art that kind of inspires you to either ride or build. A lot of the stuff I do is builds. We're working with, uh, you know, the, some of the art, Dream Build Ride, which you might actually see down at Recycle Cycle soon. Um, you know, it starts with a frame. So the first print is a frame, and it's Dream because you're looking at that frame, and you're kind of wondering what can I do with that thing. You have that vision. The next print is Build, and it's it's a roller. You got the wheels, you got the frame, and then the third frame or the third print is literally the bike and it says ride so it's dream build ride that's what we do it's really cool and i gotta say i love seeing northern california represented over here shout out and you know you, you can't see the stuff that matthew has going on but it's really cool stuff he's got some brap stuff he's got passion and who doesn't like a print with that ass on it that's what i gotta say Hey, so, uh, so Matthew, I'm checking out the prints, and I recognize, is that Mo well, Moto Lady bike I'm seeing there? Absolutely. So one of the things that I really enjoy doing, you know, I do the art for people. People love the art, but one of the things I love doing is collaborations. And the dad ass and the nice rack, pun intended, those prints I did with Moto Lady. We originally did them with a buddy of mine, some photos he did at the Dirtbag Challenge, which some people locally are familiar with. 
happens in San Francisco every year. Yeah, we were there. Uh, we were there just a little while ago. Yeah, it's amazing. Sadly, I don't think they're doing it again. But the Dirtbag Challenge, we we had a great photo of a guy doing a burnout from behind, and my buddy said, "Hey, put that ass on there, and we'll do it." Moto lady saw it and said, "We got to do. We got to do one with nice rack too." <laughs> I got two bikes that are perfect. I love doing collabs, like I said. So I've got some. I've done with a guy, a photographer down in L.A. who goes by the name uh, on Instagram, Zachiatrist. Sounds spelt like it sounds. Uh, he he did um, basically a, photo, a photo. He does flat track photography, and I've used a Hunter S. Thompson quote on that one. I've also done some collaborations. I'm working on one with a tattoo artist up in San Francisco. His name's Matt House, and we've done. Uh, angel wings, and it basically says it's it's guardian angel is what I call it, and I've actually got that print featured in the show this year. Oh, nice! Yeah, and so like I said, I love doing collaborations, love working with other people. That's why we do it. Right on, and you can see the passion in his work. So hey, um, check it out, Inked Iron. You can catch him on Instagram, catch him online, and uh, yeah, fits in perfect to the uh, the eclectic mix of the show. It, it's all about collaboration, throwing stuff up in the air and seeing what comes out of it. So, hey, thanks for taking the time, Matt. Appreciate it. Absolutely. We'll see you guys on the road. Right on. All right, so I'm hanging out waiting for my bratwurst on uh, Lost Child Island here. And, and this nice... A uh, young woman comes up next to me, so we strike up a conversation. So, tell me, your name is Gina. And Gina, um, you're from Portland. I, I think, and now it counts as from Portland. I've been here 11 years. Okay, where'd you move from? Ohio. Ah, okay, big change. Yeah. Well, as cold as it is here, it's probably not as cold as it is in Ohio. But you guys have had a tough winter, huh? Usually, I've yeah. moved on. I've <laughs> it out. So, what brings you to the Moto Show today? Um. I was going to, this weekend, I was supposed to actually be taking my first lessons, but I fucked up my knee, so I can't do it right now, um, so I postponed them, so I wanted to still do something bike-related and just go and look at bikes, and that's why I'm here, but I don't really know what happens here, so we'll see what ends up happening. It'll be a nice learning lesson uh, for the thing. So, um, how did, so, so what drew you to motorcycling? You're just getting into it now, so what, what drew you to motorcycling in the first place? My dad had a bike, and my sister almost died on a bike, but she wasn't wearing a helmet, and it was a shitty situation, which is, like, different. So, um, I don't know if I was... It's adventure, it's power, it's hot, it's all of those things. Uh, yeah, we get it. Th- yeah, that's why. So, first time coming to the One Moto Show, and yeah, you'll definitely get an eye-opening experience. There's a lot of different bikes and everything else. So, the bum knee, but you are going to go back and take the, yep. so is it like the motorcycle safety class here? Yeah, I will. Yeah. And aside as from your... my mother doesn't hear this podcast and then forbid me from doing it at 33 years old. I bet it's probably not the first time that you've done something that she wouldn't permit anyway, so Correct. she's probably used to it by Fair now. <laughs> so um, so do you have friends that motorcycle also, or is it family? Yeah, and So tell me about your community like that, that kind of... I don't I don't really have one. I'm trying, I'm usher, being ushered into it. Well, as soon as you get on, as soon as you get on the motorcycle, you're going to find a really big community everywhere around yeah, you, so yeah. Anyway, hey, thanks for taking the time to chat, and have a great time at the show. Thank you. 
Hey there, it's funny who you run into. I'm just walking through the showroom, still trying to see all the bikes. I don't think I've been close to seeing them all yet, and I've been here for a day and a half. And I noticed a guy with a King of the Hammer shirt on, and I was just down in Johnson Valley not long ago, so strike up a conversation. And next thing you know, the guy's got a bike here. And not only a bike, but a really cool bike. So I'll let him introduce himself, and we'll talk a little bit about what he's got going on. So so who, you, who are you, and where are you from? Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Vance Walker. I'm from Redland, Oregon. Uh, just southeast of Portland, uh, born and raised Oregonian, uh, here at the One Motorcycle Show, uh, showing off my 1970 Saracen frame, Hodaka motored uh, vintage trials bike, uh, built by a uh, uh, local trials buddy of mine, Jay Lale, uh, everything is period correct, uh, Rickman wheels, Serrani forks, Gerling shocks, it's, it's, a, it's a cool bike, it's like the newest 1970 trials bike you ever did see. You know, it's a really cool era of bikes, too. I like this when you had these bikes transitioning from the big, heavy bikes that guys were riding through the woods yeah. and doing the crazy shit on, which was pretty cool. Yeah. And then uh, then along comes, like, the mid-60s, you know, the mid late-60s, and 70s, and you see the bikes get lighter, you know, a lot more travel in the forks, smaller and everything, and this really exemplifies it. So you don't see the Hodaka uh, and setup you got going here every day. How would you come about this bike? Well, again, uh, a good friend of mine who is a Hodaka fanatic, uh, he's one of those guys that... When he sees a Hodaka for sale, he just buys it, whether he wants it or not. And uh, he, uh, he decided to take this Saracen frame he had. And the Saracen frame is much like a Rickman, uh, chromoly steel, nickel bladed. And back in the day, guys would buy either a Rickman frame or a Saracen and uh, kind of jam whatever motor they had into it. And uh, in this case, it ended up with a Hodaka motor, uh, just a little 125cc, uh, heavier flywheel, you know, carbureted so it will plunk along slow uh, for the trial stuff. So uh, it, it's just kind of amalgamation of really cool old parts that uh, were collected over some years. You know, it's funny because this bike definitely catches your eye because it's all, you know, shiny, stainless. It looks beautiful. But it, in a sense, it kind of exemplifies what I'm starting to think of like this Portland, this Oregon mentality. You come up to the one show and it's so eclectic and we've been talking about this. And then and you come across bikes like this that kind of embody that. So is there, let me know, is there a thing about the Portland scene? Like, is there a... A Portland bike or how would you describe it up here yeah you know there really is um, there is a huge huge bike scene in Portland um, and by that I mean there's many different bike scenes you've got guys like myself that are mainly dirt bike guys and that uh, you know just really still uh, embrace the vintage stuff um, you've got a whole scene of street bike guys uh, many of them you know won't ride anything but a Harley many of them won't ride anything but a crotch rocket uh, lots of them won't ride anything that they didn't build but uh, even though we have kind of crappy weather here in Oregon uh, for a few months out of the year, when the weather's nice, it's, it's really great for riding. And, uh, and as, as you can see by the show, uh, the one motorcycle show, yeah, Portland has a really, really big motorcycle following. It, it's awesome. It's vibrant and it's super alive. And I like what you guys are doing up here. You're definitely keeping the motorcycle thing going. I mean, you're, everybody's, the, the culture's still evolving, but you know, a lot of the old stuff that always holds true is here. A lot of the old choppers, things like that. So, have you been following this flat track scene up here, the kind of resurgence of the flat track racing? You know, I must admit, I haven't been um, more than just a, a casual observer. Um, but yeah, it is really cool to see flat track kind of having a resurgence. Um, back in the 80s, I did a little flat tracking on some bikes and on a quad of all things. And, uh, you know, we'd run in Salem, Oregon, Albany, um, Washington County Fairgrounds. And then it just kind of seemed to die off for several years. And, uh, but yeah, with. You know, the last few years, I really don't know what rhyme or reason, but it's kind of coming back. 
And uh, there's a bunch of flat track stuff here at the show. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool to see. I, I love seeing these cool sports kind of come back. Yeah, you know what I, I like about that, too? It's like they're, they're kind of practical, too. You know, some of these custom the new stuff, the bobbers and things like that, you look at them, you're like, eh, it doesn't look super comfortable and kind of hard to ride. But what they're starting to do with these street trackers and flat trackers, I'm, I'm kind of digging that, too. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, i got to admit, you know, 50 years old, my knees aren't what they used to be, and as much as I like my uh, crotch rock and motorcycles, I, they're just uncomfortable, right? So uh, I'm really drawn towards the board tracker, flat tracker, but street legal, you know, cool custom bikes because they're they're unique. And uh, what's cool about them, you can't just go buy one, right? You know, you can buy some newer stuff that's kind of has that sort of theme to it, but for the most part, you know, you need to build one. And, uh, it, you know, there's a bunch of really, really good examples here at the show of some flat track motorcycles that, that guys ride on the road. And uh, some of them are so cool, you know. You look at them, they got number plates, you can't see the lights, but if you look really close, oh, there's that headlight, there's that taillight, there's the license plate, and it's just so cool to see guys building stuff like that and ripping around on the street. Yeah, I like, that's a cool scene. So uh, in that vein, as we're sitting here looking at your beautiful vintage bike, what do you think about, did you check out the uh, the Alta Redshift uh, street tracker, the concept bike, the electric bike downstairs? Have you seen uh, that? I have. It is absolutely to die for, man. I, uh, I saw it yesterday, you know, first day of the show when we were getting checked in. And, uh, you know, the line was a bit long yesterday, so we had some time to kind of walk around as we were waiting to get the bikes photographed. And I eyeballed that thing and had to go right over to it. And I uh, took a bunch of pictures of it and I already put them on Facebook and, you know, shared them with friends because it is absolutely bitching. It is really bitching. We actually went down and watched uh, Alta was at the Red Bull Straight Rhythm Races in Pomona early this year. And uh, we rode down and checked out those races. Uh-huh. And those bikes are awesome. But that tracker downstairs is just fucking sexy. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like, it, tell me you don't want to jump on that. It is so cool. I mean, I, I looked at that thing and went, what am I looking at? You know, and... Uh, yeah, the, the fit and finish is wonderful. It's got insanely good parts on it. Um, yeah, I really, really, really would like to sling a leg over that thing and go pop a wheelie, man. <laughs> right on. So uh, any chance you're going to hang around for the races tomorrow or check those out? Yeah, yeah, I'd like to. Uh, I'm here for a few hours today just to hang out, say hi to people, and uh, going to come back tomorrow, um, check on the bike, and then I'd love to go watch the races. And, uh, and you know, got to be back at some point to pick up the old Hodaka. But, uh, yeah, dying to see the races. Yeah, we are too. And we'll be out there, um, and Alta, that, that Alta, Alta will be racing in the races, so it'll be cool to check that oh, out. I didn't know that. You just made my day, man. Yeah, I so can't wait. we'll get to see it. And, it's you know, those bikes are quick. And uh, we're also uh, rooting for a friend of ours, Matt Harris, with 40 Cal Customs. But if you see us tomorrow, hey, come say hi. We'll get a beer and, uh, and have Absolutely. a good old time. Oh, that's awesome, man. Right hey, thank you very much, dude. What a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Hey, so I'm here with my new friend Julia here at the One Motorcycle Show. So, hello, Julia. So, uh, what brings you to the show today? I'm here covering all of the custom-built bikes, uh, doing all sorts of photography of all the bikes here for Motorcyclist Magazine. Nice gig. So, I'm sure that only took you about a half hour to get all the pictures, right? And oh, you're, sure. you're bored now, so... Yeah. Just a quick buzz through. No, yeah, no time at all. No, right. I, I literally spent three hours just in one room last night trying to photograph all the bikes just in that room. So it's going to be a long day today. Yeah, it's a tough job if someone has to do it. Exactly. So what we, what did you think when you first kind of came into this space and into this building? What kind of what first struck you as a photographer? Oh man. Well, I mean. As a photographer, I love the building itself because it's like this old cannery building. It's in slight disrepair, but it's like that that ruin porn that a lot of photographers, you know, get a kick out of, especially like in Detroit in that area. But 
um, but then inside, it just it's such a fitting setting for all these bikes because um, there's just like this grunginess and this uh, industrial like do-it-yourself like that vibe is here like so thick and it's yeah it's an amazing setting for these bikes. It is too, and I agree with you on the vibe. There seems like there's a lot of homegrown stuff here, things that kind of very organically. I hate you know to use that word, but hey, we're from Santa Cruz. I can say these things. Um, so you're here covering the show, and uh, you ride, I think, right? I sure so do. what what bikes or bikes, hopefully, do you have in the garage these days? Um, I have a 1995 Ducati Monster 900. Uh, believe it or not, that was my first bike. Uh, I just wanted to go straight to. Uh, my dream bike for my first bike had a 69 Carmagia at the time decided to sell that and then swapped into the two wheels and uh, bought this puppy from um, uh, Scuderia West up in San Francisco right on yeah shout out yeah so um, so it was it was previously owned by a gentleman in San Francisco who'd, who'd modded it out with a bunch of uh, carbon fiber bits and um, and I've just continued that theme um, had a little accident many years ago, low side, so I've been doing, like, uh, tore it all the way down to the frame and sort of rebuilt it from frame up, like, did a few different things to it. Really cool. Yep. So you do you do your own wrenching or, or some of it? I do some of it. Um, I, I like to have some supervision, let's just say that much. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I have I've broken many engines fixing them myself. So. I have mild mechanical inclination, but uh, I'm not ready to tackle these projects all by myself yet. So I appreciate the help when I can get it. <laughs> right on. So um, there's so many bikes here, and I know you've only made it a little of the way through. Uh, any of the motorcycles kind of stand out? What uh, what stands out so far in your mind? Absolutely. There's one in the corner over here. I haven't got a chance to talk to the builder yet, I believe. His name is Christian. Um, it looks like it's just been hand-done from nose to tip. It's just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, he's made an actuation for the throttle that uh, involves gearing instead of cables. And it's just, there's so much attention to detail on this bike. It just, I can't get enough of it. I probably spent easily 30 to 45 minutes just like making circles around this bike yesterday. But uh, yeah, he's he's been engaged with a lot of different people trying to get you know conversations with him. So I haven't had a chance to talk to him yet. But uh, that's one that's definitely stood out for me. It's so cool. Yeah, and I would think as an artist, right, which you are, to be able to see the, I mean, you know, you can check out the motorcycles, but you know the, the effort and the, the time behind them and the thought. But it's funny, like, you look around, there's not only motorcycles, but speaking of art, there's art all over the walls. What I mean, that's kind of cool. What do you think about all the artwork? I love the artwork. I mean, it's, there's there's a variety of topics of the artwork, which I find interesting, but I especially love the motorcycle-themed artwork. Um, I haven't caught names of any of the specific artists yet. I haven't taken them down, but it's it's some amazingly beautiful stuff that are it's on the art, uh, the walls here, and different mediums too. You know, some people are painting on wood, and others are you know doing neon and like you know nice acrylic finishes, and so it's beautiful. Yeah, I think the voodoo, uh, the, the Steve McQueen voodoo painting altar is one of my favorites. Absolutely, with all the skull faces, yeah. Totally. And, uh, you know, the other thing where you're seeing the art bleed over, at least I'm finding, is um, like in some of the vendors downstairs. You know, we'll go to some events like, you know, the, I'm going to rag on the big V-Twins, but the Harley thing, it's like, yeah. oh, look, a leather booth and a leather booth and a blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I thought the vendors here, it's like the, the same blending of the art into the work. 
Um, have you had a chance to check out some of the, the vendors downstairs? Haven't had too much chance. I've been focusing mostly on the bikes, but I do know there's one vendor I especially want to go uh, check out, and that's Pack Animal. They're making some really cool stuff, some uh, side bags, and I've been drooling over their work since their Kickstarter campaign. So I'm looking forward to seeing it in the flesh, so right. to speak. Cool. Shout out to them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, well, thanks for taking the time, Julia, to speak with us. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and yeah, good luck seeing all the bikes. Thank you very much. <laughs> I think we're both going to need you. it. Yeah. Same here, Julia. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, this is the Doug Journal, Motorcycles and Misfits, uh, reporting from a long freaking day on, uh, this is Saturday, it's about 7.40. Uh, Jim and I came back to the hotel, and he went out. Uh, for dinner with a buddy so i'm just uh chilling and grounding myself here at the hotel at jupiter hotel portland oregon man what a day uh been on my feet since about seven o'clock seven thirty this morning i think we got up eight o'clock or so hit the show at about eleven o'clock after uh a very good breakfast at cc's that's not cc but it's uh cc that's uh, s-e-e-s-e-e uh, Motors Coffee, and this is a brand that our buddy Tor built up from scratch. Uh, and you'll you'll hear the interview, or you already did, um, so you know that story. Uh, had a really good breakfast there, and then uh, checked out their shop. They have a, a moto shop. They sell apparel and uh, some pretty cool stuff. A lot of it's kind of like throwback retroy. Uh, I want to say from the '60s or so. Uh, very cool stuff. Lots of helmets and, and gear. And they have recently teamed up with Fox Racing. So they got some cool stuff coming out too. Uh, but then after the uh, CCs, we went straight to the show. Been there since about 11.30. Um, apparently there's awards tonight. Jim and I were so freaking tired we <laughs> couldn't stay for the awards. But tomorrow's another big day. We got... Uh, what flat track races in Salem from noon to six. We're going to be covering that whole thing. So, uh, uh, all in all, very successful day. Got some great interviews and we're having a freaking really good time. So shout out to Eric Morley, uh, from blue sea enterprises for putting this on for us, man. We really couldn't be happier, uh, being here right now. And we're just excited to share our whole experience with everybody. So, We'll keep you updated with all the stupid hooliganery happening tomorrow. Cool, cool. Hey boy. All right, Sunday morning, waking up in uh, Portland, looking around the hotel room, things seem to be in order. And that's a good thing, <laughs> considering last night. Um, so what a great day yesterday at the, the one show, uh, congratulations to Matt Harris on his award. Well-deserved. That was amazing. Um, we just had a great day and a good night last night. Uh, we ended up going to, uh, after party at, uh, the dancing bear. Shout out to strange vacation on that. We had a good time, uh, shot some pool, uh, made some friends, watched chicks dance and, uh, yeah, I went out for a little while after that, and uh, just had a great time. So now we get to go watch some flat track racing, so that should be a hoot. And um, yeah, anyway, 
time to uh, get a grip. All right, hey there, it's today's Sunday fun day. So we're out here at the, uh, what is it, the Salem Speedway and uh, back with Matt Harris, 40 Cal Customs. And uh, so Matt. Hello. What a weekend. Oh yeah, right? What, what do you think, where do you start? I don't even know. I don't even know, man. It was such a great show down at the One Moto and a lot of really cool bikes and getting to check out a, a, an assortment of bikes, anything from choppers to race bikes to bobbers and just anything and everything in between. So it was really cool and such a rad locale. Yeah, so. not to mention Matt won the Best in Show Award. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He'll yeah. just skip right over yeah. that. Somehow. So I really wasn't expecting that. I was actually outside because I didn't want to be in the way of all the guys winning awards so I, I didn't even know I won so that was that You're was that really guy. Cool. You win the award and they're looking for him yeah they had to call me and I was like oh yeah whatever I thought they were playing a joke and then I was like oh shoot I won and I went in everybody's standing waiting on me and I looked dumb walking in <laughs> so but no that was that was super cool to, to win that award I mean uh, definitely honored because there was so many bikes there and, and guys that I've seen you know on the Instagrams that have super cool bikes and and you know, guys that I'm like, man, I finally get to see that thing in person. You know, guys like Sosa and, and those sort of guys. And, um, you know, so to get picked for that was, was a huge honor. That is pretty cool. Um, what was it like when you're on the stage? You know, when you're actually up there, you're looking at the crowd, they're they're giving you the award. What's going through your mind? Uh, I don't know. I was just like, man, I, 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 I blew it because I was... <laughs> That's <laughs> really it. So, but it was so you know it was dark, so you can't see everyone. So it's okay. It's just like you're talking to yourself, which I, I do a lot. So yeah. okay, <laughs> right. And then so that Saturday, Saturday night, and uh-huh. then uh, I think you must be like when you wake up in the morning, like like this morning when you wake up in the room and you just start thinking about when things start coming back to you. What's it like laying there, realizing you won the won the award yesterday, and then you're going to show up and race today. You, you know what? When I woke up this morning, I thought, we're already running late. We should be leaving to go to the racetrack by now. <laughs> so <laughs> we didn't have much time to ponder. <laughs> Throw the junk in the van and let's go. Cool. So got here late, but it's cool. We're yeah. here. Better late than never. So yeah. um, so the people aren't familiar, tell us about the bike you're running today and what uh, class you're running in. So I got a little 95 Sportster uh, we picked up from Smoky Mountain Harley-Davidson in Maryville, Tennessee. And um, in conjunction with them and the guys from Blue Sea Advertising set us up with this little bike to come out. And it's running uh, Super Hooligan class, which is... Um, supposed to be all street bikes typically sportsters or indian scouts or uh xg 750s uh, uh i think there's a guy on triumph out there today and so it's a hodgepodge of street legal v-twin bikes uh street legal is used loosely so um and mine's a little 1200 sporty and then we we don't have a, a true super hooligan scene back home so we get to go mess around on flat track here and there and that sort of deal but today was the first day they got to run in a legit super hooligan flat track race, so it was a really cool deal. Yeah, and you were running with the big boys. I mean, not not the AMA <laughs> class, but you were, there were some serious racing. There, there were some pro guys mixed in. Yeah, uh, yeah. Indian uh, sent out some pro guys <laughs> to stack the deck a little. So you know, the first time out, you go out and you're running with some pros. So uh, you know, mix it up with those guys who who've been doing it for a while. But it was it was cool. We we finished in, in the middle, and you know, and and had a good time. So. I uh, kind of got a good feel for it now. Now we can go back and, and dress our track out a little bit and, and start practicing and, and see where we need to go. 
You hung in there tough, Matt. I was th- I was rooting for you. I'm sure you heard me. I was the guy yelling every yeah, time you went yeah, by. That was you. me. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but no, the last race we were watching, uh, you and who was it you were duking it out? Talk about the last couple of laps. Uh, Scott of Jones, race. yeah. Scott T-Bone Jones and Noise Cycles. And uh, he was on his brand new XG750 he got from Harley. And uh, it's first time out on that bike for him, first time out on my bike. So we were a little bit, you know, unsure of what the bike we were going to do. So. But we, we battled it out back and forth, and, and it was it was a lot of fun doing that with him because we raced really tight and almost put him in the wall once. But it was, <laughs> I saw that when he started going wide. He was like, yeah, we're, we're yeah. both going wide. Yeah, so. we're going wide, man, whether you want to or not. <laughs> we're, we're about to do this. <laughs> it's fun watching those little duels. It doesn't really matter. for You know, the first, second duels are always good, but you can find those little duels throughout the pack where guys are just going one-on-one, head-on-head. Yeah, it's always the guys in the middle toward the back that are, like, a little bit inexperienced, and you know, so they're kind of mixing it up pretty pretty tough and it's, yeah. it's a lot of fun to watch a lot of fun to do it's a hoot right yeah really is cool so um you're wrapping things up you're done racing for today yeah done for the day and uh we're gonna watch the hooligan main right here in just a few minutes we made the b main we didn't make the a main so that's cool first time out make the b main so Heck yeah you know pleased with that we're gonna go watch these guys and uh and see how it ends up and then uh, once that's done we're gonna load the bikes and uh, start heading out of town right on cool so i tell you what let's get back we'll watch some racing let's thanks again matt for taking the time we really appreciate it thank you all right thanks for having me now you're legit super hooligan legit <laughs> <laughs> right on cool all right cool well that's it uh, we had an amazing time at the one show. You really can't beat a well put together show like this. Yeah, we, and it's free. And it's it free. Free. That was the totally. the whole thing with Tor. He wanted it to be free, and he you know he's achieving it every year for eight years now. So uh, thanks to everyone who participated and helped making this happen. Eric Morley at Blue Sea, especially uh, Matt Harris, very cool guy, good racer, great builder. Uh, Tor Drake and everyone we talked with and met. Uh, we also want to take time to thank our listeners and Patreon subscribers. Thank you. Woot woot. We would not be able to do any of this without you. Yeah, so, thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Um, now it's time to get out of here. Yeah. yeah fuck out of here. Cool, cool. 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 Fuck out of here. Cool, cool.